0: Our order uh, will provide that all sports uh, may go forward uh, this fall, with contact and the non-contact sports.
1: Uh, again, we lay out exactly the roadmap and how this should take place and what has to be done to make it as safe as, as possible.
2: Shut up and sit down. Shut up and sit down.
1: And welcome to the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell, Matt Matigli, and Andrew Heck. How are we doing tonight, boys? Doing great. Pretty good. Excellent. All right. Jim's here, too. He waved like an idiot, but he has a microphone, so he's really not here to you folks.
3: Maybe next time. In spirit. In
1: spirit. <laughs> In spirit. So, we're here uh, just kind of a preseason talk about the team, you know, overall upcoming season kind of thing going on. Uh, Heck. Matt, this is your kind of show. Me and Rob are here just kind of add a little extra to it. So, uh, boys?
4: Well, this is take two. I mean, we did this once, but with all the changes, we had to correct some things. There's been a
1: lot happening in the last couple weeks in the high school football world. And to be honest, it's preseason for all of us. So, you know, it takes a little bit of reps to get going. All right. So... If uh, I think uh, first on the agenda is to talk about what the, you know, roster's looking like, who we think is going to start on offense and defense, just based on anything we can piece together from the rumor mill and all that, all that good stuff. So, uh, heck, that's your department. Why don't you kick it off? I guess
5: let's start with offense here because everybody loves offense. Offense is the money maker for on the
1: Black Swarm podcast. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so and the
5: Black Swarm podcast, of which all you guys talk about, is offense. <laughs> so <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. So <laughs> let's just start with the wide receiver group because that is the money maker of this offense, especially mm-hmm. with the headliner of Jaden Ballard, Ohio State recruit, number, top 50 player in the country. Absolute freak of nature, six four and a half, hundred ninety pounds is what he reports himself as, not what necessarily the huddle reports him as. Is well, they do six foot one ninety five, but so it's close now. But I don't, Jim is.
4: If Jim will just yeah, get Jim out Jim of the is, way, please. So recently, you. he was. Uh, Jaden was named onto the USA Today uh, national first team All American. I think, I think that's, that's the, the first time that's happened, in, in, in recent, recent memory at least. Yeah, uh, I mean, looking at some of the different rankings,
3: um, I think the consensus that I've seen is he's the number four receiver in the country. He's top five, yes. Uh, definitely a top five receiver. Uh, I think number four exactly is where ESPN has him. Um, so So let's
5: not ever go by all right right well that's
3: what I looked at Um, either way I mean they have him as like a top five guy number four receiver top five receiver in the country Um, obviously he's an Ohio State commit you know that's been going on for quite a while but uh, it seems like he's been here for a long time finally getting to his senior year Um, I know he still has a lot that he wants to prove and you know as a team they have a lot they want to prove so you know you can only expect bigger things from him this year
1: I think we all know what Jaden brings to the table. You know, like Rob said, he's been here for a while. We've seen what he can do. Uh, let's kind of roll through the rest of the depth chart there.
5: Yeah, let's go. Let's move on to Andrew Wilson Lamp, who is the probably number number two wide receiver on this roster. Who we all saw have a breakout year last year. You know, opening game he set the record for receiving yards, I believe.
4: Mm-hmm. Really, really shocked does. some people there. I think Which, I mean, came which, out I mean Didn't
5: surprise anybody who knew what he was all about. Which is, he's a stud athlete. He is, for, and you know, he's on the precipice of being a top notch, you know, four, borderline five star athlete, I believe. And you know, he can be. He could. He would be the number one wide receiver for almost every school in the state. Yeah, he, think, has the, he has that ability.
3: Yeah, I think he's like the number three or number th- four receiver in the state. So, I mean, you know, pretty much anywhere except for here, he's going to be a number one guy. Um, he's a four-star recruit, 6'2", 180. He's committed to West Virginia. Um, but, you know, there's plenty of other schools that have recruited him. He has offers from a couple Big Ten schools, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Um, but Penn, state. Penn State. Penn State. He's he's, re- he's committed to West Virginia, though, um, and you know, it will be – we'll have to see if he ends up playing more receiver or corner at the college level, but, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit about him as a corner on the defensive side of the ball because we do expect him to go both ways this year.
5: Yeah, I think he – you know, Andrew Slimp speaking on him right now at the moment, he's a guy that, you know, he can't, he burst onto the scene as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And everybody started, you know, looking at him and it's, okay, he's a wide receiver. But, and then people started to see, you know, later in the season, McKinley game and moving into the playoffs, he got reps at defensive back. And I think that opened a lot of people's eyes to the fact that, okay, he might even be better as defensive back as a corner than he is as a wide receiver, which he's a, he's a four-star wide receiver. So he's, you know, 6'2", maybe even 6'3", as a, as a corner. And he can run, obviously, we all have seen that. Mm-hmm. You know, he could be, he could, he could, you know, he could go anywhere almost in the country as a cornerback. And I think a lot of people started to see that. And now yeah. this is the point where they kind of wanted to see camps, but they didn't happen because of COVID. So now they want to see, you know, a senior film of what he can do at cornerback full time. And I think if he can show to the country that he is a full time cornerback and he can has that ability, he could be you know, Garren Connelly as a cornerback.
3: Yeah. A lot of things you read about him. Um, they say that he probably projects as a higher ceiling corner, um, just because of his size and ability. You just haven't seen enough of it. Um, I've seen, you know, the Ohio state, that, that big Ohio state guy you guys always send around. Um, you know, they think that he, you know, is probably an Ohio state level talent at corner. Um, Bill Green, is that what you said? Yeah, so he's like Ohio State-level talent, but Ohio State just happens to have, you know, the best recruiting class ever coming in this year. For um, so, so there might not be a spot for him, but, you know, he's, he's up there talent-wise as could be an Ohio State-level guy, um, you know, just projecting him as a corner. But, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, he's a four-star receiver.
1: Yeah, he's a dude, um, big body, strong Real physical, and he can burn you. Running a straight line too. Um, we know what Rob. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, tying tying back into what Heck said um, about how you're hoping to see him at camps. Um, I think that's gonna be something we say about a lot of the kids on this team is, you know, missing out on summer camps is something that probably really hurt them so far on the recruiting trail. Because we have some kids that we think could project higher to bigger colleges if they would have had the chance to go to a lot of camps this summer. And, uh, you know, there's just a limited film on Lamp at Point Corner, and a lot of teams think that that might be where he'd really project the highest at. Um, you know, so we have some other kids like that as well. So I just kind of wanted to establish that presidents was him, um, that, you know, there's plenty of kids at, at every school really, but um, we're just missing out on those camps might really hurt um, their recruiting so far.
1: Yeah, that's um, one thing about like just the godsend of even having to, having a season this year. You know, not even for us the fans, but for some of these kids that are kind of like bubble players, might get an offer, might not, going into their senior year. That it gives them a chance to come out, ball out, and you know, get an offer to a college.
5: Yeah, there's a lot of you know kids around the state and country who have kind of gotten a raw deal by not having you know a normal year of what you would expect with fall, you know, summer camps, spring camps at schools and being able to show their talents to, you know, schools so they can get offers. So it's really a blessing for the kids in Ohio at least that get to have a season and get to actually earn those scholarships whereas they would not have been able to.
1: So moving down the depth chart here, you know, we come out in three. We base out of three receiver sets. We come out in four a lot. Who do we have behind Ballard and Lamp?
5: Well, the number one guy behind, you know, Jaden Ballard and Jerusalem Lamp is the newcomer to the receiver core, which is Martavian Johnson, who is he has spent the last couple years at Akron Buchtel. He started out at Hoban. And, you know, he's listed at 5'9, what 170. He, you know, you you watching him last year at Hoban, the last couple of years. He, or not Hoban, yeah, sorry about that. Um, Bechtel, he played a lot. He played different positions. He played cornerback. He played quarterback. He played receiver. He took, you know, direct snaps as a wildcat. He has never really played a single position ever in his career, maybe aside from freshman year, which, I mean, who cares about freshman year? So it will be the first time, that really, in his high school career, where he's actually been able to focus on, you know, a specific position, and he's going to probably going to play both ways here, to a certain level. But he's actually he's not going to be the singular focus of the you know of the team as okay, you're going to take the snap and you got to beat the whole defense and just be the best athlete on the field of what he would have had to do last year at Bucknell. Which was a complete mess because Buckhole is just a complete mess right now. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting to see, act, you know, having a third receiver threat, unlike what they had last year. You because know, you know, two years ago they had you know Cordell Ford or Adrick, actually Adric. Yeah. the younger the younger brother yeah. Adrick. They're both stud athletes. You know, we saw Adrick the first half of the year. He was he was the leading receiver for the team. So you think what Martavian could be is Adric plus athleticism. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, he's Adric, you know, with extra speed, extra ability. Mm-hmm. And he was the he was the leading receiver for the team at, at the point that he broke his collarbone.
1: Yeah. Um, we'll touch on it later after we roll through the whole roster of, like, where guys are going to fit, what it's going to look like. But he can definitely be one of those guys that, you know, now that the entire defense can't focus on him and his own team isn't saying, like, hey, here's the ball, go be an athlete kid. I, he can focus on, like, here's your job, go do it well, and you'll make yours. You know? The the big thing with
4: him, I think, that I'm not saying our other receivers can't do this, but I think that he really excels at, at this is he's going to get yards after catch and and make some moves. Um, I think he'll be able to break some tackles, use his speed to elude um, defenders. Um, he, he's going to make some big plays, so he's a guy you're going to want to watch for. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely
3: a playmaker. I mean, like you said at Buchtel, he was kind of the guy that, you know, just to put the ball in his hands and try to make the offense go, uh, you know, here he'll have a more definitive role, um, and I think that's going to help him as well as everyone else because, I mean, he's a three-star athlete he's got you know a bunch of d1 offers harvard um he's he's smart he's got offers from harvard he's he has a really high gpa bunch of schools um you know i i forget um was it like Rutgers, maryland is that who it is i was like he had like one big ten offer um but he's really physical he's a really shifty athlete and you know he's a playmaker and from what we've seen we watched some of his footage at different camps you know, he's a pretty polished receiver. He's really good at running routes, which kind of caught me off guard because he's been doing so many different things throughout his career. Um, the ability to run the crisp routes like he does kind of definitely
4: surprised me. So, And if you're going to double some of our guys, I mean, you're going to get him on a, on, a, on a singular safety or a, or a linebacker even, and, and it's going to be problems for defenses, I think. Martavian is
5: one of those guys that, you know, he's 5'9", So he's one of those kids that he's undersized, you know, based on, you know, what the you you know, the top colleges want on paper. So he's he's developed in that form of he knows that he's undersized, so he has to go be better Mm -hmm. than the six foot six one kids. So he has that extra juice about him. Like he he understands that he knows that he has to just outperform the you know the kids that have they have the measurements, so he you know he's got that extra ability and effort to his game where he you know rises you know he raises above what his you know a perceived ability would be.
1: The phrase you're looking for is he has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, ex- exactly,
5: he's got a chi- he's yeah. got a massive chip on his shoulder.
1: Yeah, and it's always fun to see a player that has that and that will go and ball out because of that.
3: Yeah, yeah I mean, he's just a, just a different style, style of player, player than Lamp, Lamp and Ballard are. You know, they're your more prototypical outside receivers. they got some height to them. they got length. They can run fast. Um, but, you know, Johnson's the kid that, you know, you, you see it at smaller schools all the time. Um, it's the player, just give him the ball and let him go. That That's just who he is. That's who he has been. And, you know, when he was at Bookdale you know a lot of the times you know they don't have a lot of options there they would the defenses knew he was going to be getting the ball in one way or another and he was still able to put up monster numbers Um, I know you know before it was before it was even announced that he was here it was like the Northeast Ohio sports page, Northeast Ohio football Twitter, Twitter. um, they put up their list of top receivers in Northeast Ohio and he was in the top five so you know he, he's really going to add another dimension yeah. to our so passing offense i think there's a is, whole
5: difference between having two receivers in your offense that you know go to mm-hmm. legitimate threats and having three
3: yeah i mean we have three receivers that are d1 guys two four-star receivers and one three-star receiver and you know that just completely changes the game because just like how we said lamp would be a number one on most teams Martavian would be a number one on most teams. He's, he's a top five receiver in Northeast Ohio, according to some people. Yeah,
4: there, there are colleges that don't have the level of talent at receiver that we have at receiver. I mean, literally, there are Big Ten teams that don't have this, at least rated rating-wise, talent. Now, granted, they're younger and they still have to develop, but... They're going against lesser
3: competition. Yeah. So, I mean, you yeah. have yeah, not very many teams and... The country, country can say that, say that they have three guys, guys at receiver that are like this, you know, able to play, you
5: know. And the thing that it gives you the flexibility of you know, early in the season with all everything going on, it's like you're not going to expect the team to go out there week one and be clicking on all cylinders. But, you know, you could throw a, you know, bubble screen to one of these guys and like House they're just going to have the athletic ability to do something with it that most other players aren't going to have the ability to do. Or, you know, you know, the big playability is going to be there, whereas you don't need to have a well-oiled machine. Of you don't offense. need
4: to go, you know, 14 plays, 10-minute <clears throat> exactly. drive, where exactly. you're grinding it down against a team like St. Ed's, but we'll get to that later. But you can get it to the, one of these guys, and they're taking it, boom, end zone.
5: They're, you know, they're going to be the equalizer for this team in, in, in the early part of the season because – you can't expect that this team's going to walk out there yeah. and be a well-oiled machine week one, like and week two. Like it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, and let's not forget about you know we go for white a lot. We have to round out the roster and the wide receivers. Uh, little guy Austin Brawley, little white boy. Uh, what do you know about him, heck?
5: oh Little white boy, as you say. <laughs> white man, white man. Yeah, he's about he's about five ten, so he's not so little as you would think. But that boy can fly. I mean, we saw it last year. Sub four, we six, saw play. that. We saw that play against yeah. what. So he made a play against uh, a Glen Oak. He made a play against. I mean, he blocked the punt against Fitch. Yep. Yeah. He, you know, he. I think he had a, well, a bubble screen for a touchdown against. Was it Louisville or was it Glen?
1: It's one of those teams. Probably Glen. Oak. He took a bubble screen and just flew by. It's a quick screen, not a bubble. Samantha the boy continued. can. The boy can run. Yeah.
5: yeah.
3: So, so this is a kid we saw a lot on special teams last year, um, in a starting role. Uh, you know, they they just loved getting him on the field, and he can do different things. The coaches love him because, you know, he just listens, and he goes out there and plays great. He um, flies. Yeah, he's, he's, he was young. he was a sophomore last year, but he would have been, like, the first backup receiver to come into the game. Um, so he definitely got some playing time last year, and they always knew that he's going to grow into a really good player. Um, so I know, like, as of right now, or, you know, really a month ago they were claiming that we had four receivers that all ran sub four five forties. Yeah. so unheard of i mean we have four kids that they're 40 times are in the four fours that's you know just flying kind of hard to
4: believe but let's say they're even four fives.
3: Four five, either way i mean we have four kids that is flying. you know what ballard is you know what lamp is we're we're T- trying to tell you ahead of time what is going to be. And is just going to be that next guy. He's a junior, so he's a year younger than the rest of them. He's got a little bit less experience than the rest of them, but he's got an insane work ethic. Work ethic. He can just absolutely fly, like Heck said. He's, he's really fast. He does everything the coaches want him to do. He has no issue playing a role. You put him in there as the fourth guy, And he might be the last guy the defense looks at, and that's a mistake (laughs) because he's gonna—he is a number one. He'll take the top off. I I hate just just repeating this over and over again, but he's a number one receiver in Stark County. Any other Stark County team? Maybe McKinley's got some. McKinley's got some guy. McKinley's got some guys. But listen, a lot of
4: schools—he's a number one receiver.
1: He he has a starting role on every other school. He's—he
4: will start for us, but. You know, he also is – I think he's a gritty guy and he's tough, and I think that's something we didn't mention yet, but you know, I do been, think yeah, he's tough. we have but been told defense, that he – you know, that, that might, might show up on the defensive side of the ball too.
5: You know, we so. have been told that he is the type of kid that does not care to put his body on the line for the team to do whatever is necessary to help the team win, you know, known as I'll play defense and I'll go tackle somebody.
1: Mm-hmm. You and do I whatever
5: is necessary to you know help the team. You watch him on
1: special, special teams, and I think you'll see exactly that.
5: I mean, his block punt against Fitch was absolutely laid out. He laid out. I, I mean, one of the to best to block the punt, which um, which Clark
1: picked up for a yeah. touchdown. That's teach tape on how to block a punt. Yes.
4: Great, great, yeah.
3: He's just—he's a heady player. You notice that from you know him last year. He—he he just does stuff that you wouldn't expect a sophomore to be able to do. i, I Yeah, he was a
4: sophomore. i, I keep forgetting that. That's yeah, I forget
3: what game it was, it was, but I think a punt got blocked or a punt got shanked, and everybody's just like letting it roll, and he ran up to go get it, and uh, smart—he—he he pulled off for the last second because one of the one of the punt team guys recognized it. But just the this the heads-up play to even think about going to get it where everybody else just walked off the field was just really smart. And then he, he pulled off smartly because he wasn't in a good position. But, you know, he's just that guy we used a lot on special teams because he was, you know, just somebody they could trust. And, you know, he had the physical attributes. And, you know, he's just continuing to grow, doing everything the coaches said. Um, you know, he's living in the weight room. He he was a little undersized last year. I don't know what they have him listed at this year. but He's just put on some weight. He's, going to, he's, yeah, he's, he's going to keep getting bigger. And with his speed – and you know, just his natural ability—that's that's really tough for defenses to defend as a fourth guy.
1: Another
5: another guy actually to look for at it. for the receiving. Court. I think
4: there's at least one or two more.
3: We
5: have, I mean, there's pro- there's a there's a bunch of guys you could mention. Another guy you cannot leave off this podcast right now is Eric Thurman. That ca- a senior to be, he's he's gonna be a guy that's gonna make a noise, you know, make some noise this year. You know, he's. He's paid his dues. He's worked his way up through, you know, through the ranks. It's his time to shine. He's going to he's gonna make some plays this year for us on offense. He reminds he's, me
4: of Martavion a little bit from his JV film. I haven't seen him varsity. He can catch.
5: I mean, I mean on, on his watching his highlight film and, you know, seeing me personally, I've seen him in person over and over again in practice. The dude can catch the ball. Like no matter where it's at, he can catch the ball. The kid makes plays. I mean, he can put it. He can stick a paw up there and bring it in. It's like, and you're looking at it like, how in the hell did that just happen? Because he's not. He's not a big dude. He's not the fastest guy out there. But he just makes. He makes people miss. You know, he, he's another he, rat guy. He's another. He catches the ball no matter where it's at, mm-hmm. and he just makes something out of out of nothing. He's kind of. He's kind of like what Adrian Ford was. Yeah. In the sense that. He's not big. He's not, you know, he's not a super athlete by any means. You know, he's not some four-star recruit, but yeah. he makes something where you would have never necessarily seen something. You know, be and you know he's definitely he's going to be a threat.
4: Yards after catch.
5: And it just it's just added depth to the offense that you, and there's
4: two there's there's some young kids that I I think will go D one as well, but we'll move on. There's yeah. some young dudes and
1: like. On Thurman, kind of on that subject, real, real quick before we move on, um, if we have guys that we want to get, you know, some playing time on defense, like we were talking about with Lamp at, uh cornerback, or you know, Martavian a little bit, that Thurman's the guy that can work in a rotation, give guys some plays off, get them a breather, get them off the field so they're not on there all the time.
4: Yeah, we got depth that receiver. Yeah.
1: So moving inside we will go to running back. I know there's been a big name about transfer coming in. There's been rumors about other guys. We have guys coming on deck that we thought were going to step up. What are we working with, Heck? Well,
5: you know it's it's a revolving, you know. It's, it's, a, fluid it's a
1: fluid situation.
3: There's a bunch of them. Let's yeah. go. You so, you know,
5: I I would say the number one guy that you can rely on is going to be you know, Ray Clarkson
4: mm-hmm. and that game versus Avon on last year. That they, kid, the name
3: you're familiar with. Yeah. That's
5: the name. Everybody's going to be. Everyone's going to know everyone can, you know, he's the Zion Pfeiffer of this year's team. Maybe and a little in, bit higher ceiling in a sense, I mean, in a sense, in he's a Zion Pfeiffer where everybody, you know, you know what you're going to get in a sense, but he can, you know, he maybe has a higher ceiling than Zion did.
4: In some ways. I don't mean that in any way negative yeah. towards Zion.
5: But. You know, Zion was a beast. We all we all love Zion. He's a great kid. But Raekwon, you know, I mean, I saw him, you know, in person every day of practice two years ago. The kid's got tree trunks for legs. Mm-hmm. He, is a, he is a built high school football player. 215 pounds is what he listed at, I believe. Mm-hmm. He, I, I mean, I would think he's ever bit of that. Yeah at least you know the kid he runs hard you know he low center of gravity just like, I, no, go ahead you know he you know he's going to break tackles for you he's going to get those tough yards he's he's going to do whatever's necessary to help the team like he's he's a team first guy you know, I think you know he's you know like I said he's his eye on Pfeiffer of this year's team where he's going to do what he needs to do.
1: And just like Thurman, you know he a really good high school football player that just happens yeah. to be buried behind some generational talent at the position. You know, a,
5: a great a great high school football player that maybe maybe an inch shorter than what he needs to be for high, for you know a top level you know D one college. But he's a great high school football player who can is going to make who will make plays for this team.
3: Yeah, yeah I mean he's he's, he's a, a big-sized big back. back. He's really strong. Um, you know, lives between the tackles. Has some of that breakaway speed, but uh, you know he, he's not the he's not the shifty guy that's going to dance around and juke his way through the field. Um,
1: I don't know what. They're, I don't know what they're talking about. They think they're off mic, but we we can hear them. Clearly. It's, it's neither here nor there. Um, but uh,
3: so he's, he's, he's a he's a bigger back, but you know he lives between the tackles, like I said. Um, he has that, that breakaway speed. speed. He could be your number one running back. He, he is going to be the number one. Back, yeah, he's, guy, just, he's just not the uh, dancey, shifty type of running back that you might see from other players. He's old other players. Um, And that's not a negative thing whatsoever. But um, he's the, somebody you might be a little bit more familiar
4: with because he was on the team last year, got some playing time last year. Great game versus Avon. I really want to stress that he really had a, mm. a good game mm-hmm. stepping up when um, – Keys and I think Zion was hurt. Or no, Zion. was in the starting he role. He just needed somebody to spell him. Yeah, and and really he had a couple great great runs that game. Yeah, but
3: on top of Venson, you know, like receiver, we have a lot of depth. Um, you know, we might not be able to use all of them all at once like we do at receiver, but we have a lot of guys at running back. Um, so in no particular order, who are some of the other guys that we got with him?
5: Another guy that you can look at as in the running back group. Would Baby. be Cam Beasley, mm-hmm. and you know he's listed. He's listed at six two one ninety five. I mean, he's obviously over six feet tall, regardless of whether I you know how accurate that is. But he you know he's a guy that I
4: think he's around six too. He's a tall kid. He's a, you know he's a big kid,
5: so he's got speed. You know, you've I know we've seen him a little bit here and there in some mop up duty. I know a play last year that it's not necessarily a highlight play. But there's a play against Gateway with Derek Davis, their running back, who is possibly going to be going to Ohio State. You know, he has offers from the big-time schools, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. It was later in the game. It was kind of garbage time, but he was still in the game. He broke off like a 90-something-yard touchdown run. Mm Mm-hmm. Cam Beasley on that play, he was playing, you know, stand linebacker position. The opposite on the opposite side of the play that the play was run, and he essentially ran down Derek Davis over over a hundred yards on the play. Which I mean, obviously he did not make the tackle because it was a touchdown, but it kind of just you know showcased his speed and athleticism that he you know, he chased down from the opposite side of the play a top level recruit. So, you know, obviously it wasn't necessarily a highlight for the you know, for the team, but it kind of showed for what this kid can possibly be. Like he has the athleticism to run, you know, you know, he's not a he's not a Raekwon where he's you know, he's a you know, a sturdy built squat type of player where he can break some tackles, but he's probably not gonna break a long run. This, you know, Cam Beasley, he can break a long long run for you if he needs to.
3: Yeah, I mean, Cam Beasley's one of the guys that, you know, I've continuously heard you guys talk about last year, you know, projecting into this year. Um, You know, I'll admit that I didn't know a whole lot about him going into it. But, you know, just based off everything you guys said, what what you've noticed from the games like that last year, what you guys have seen, you know, in practice or heard from other people, you know, it definitely sounds like he's quite an adequate running back as well. Um, and I think he's one of those guys that, you know, can go both ways. And we'll, we'll get into that on defense. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's two of the guys we mentioned at running back. And I think we're going to mention it at least four, right? Um, so, I mean, you got Beasley
4: and you got Benson. Uh, well, I think the elephant in the room is Kyrie, Kyrie Young. Yeah. Um, he's a big name. He's got big offers. Everybody's heard of him. Um, he, he's the guy that takes, really does take this team to the next level, if if he's what we expect him to be. Uh, Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Kentucky. Kentucky. I mean Kentucky this 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 lot, kid has more story. offers <laughs> than Nebraska. Yeah. Pretty much any running back Maslin's had in the last yeah. ever yeah. ever possibly quite a while. Um he he really is a he reminds me of a Briante Dunn. He's got the size. A he's a tall example, yeah. a tall physical back, but he also has that speed that can, you know, if he makes one guy miss, no one's catching him. So he he's the guy that's really really gives Maslin an offense that is on paper the best in the last I don't know how long, but long, yeah, time.
5: long time.
3: I
1: mean, on, on
5: paper,
4: a very long time.
5: If you add Kyrie Young to this offense with the wide receiver group that they have, and a you know a quarterback that can get the ball to his wide receivers, it's it's scary to say the least. You know, with the offensive line, obviously that they have, that could be, you know, the possibility of one of the most explosive high school offenses, not only in the state, but in the country, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a big if you know, right now. You know, there's a lot of things that need to happen for that to take place. You know, there's a lot of learning of playbooks. There's a lot of, you know, things yeah. You know things that are going to have to happen that we can't expect to walk into, week. you know, Ed's week and think that Kyrie Young's going to be the starting running back. And run for two hundred yards against their nets. Like that's not real. Could happen. I mean Could it's, happen. Not, it's not a realistic option as of that
1: right now. But so. we talked about it like with um with Keys last year. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it with his running back coach. He came into he came into Masson from St. V. As, as a as a great running back. Yeah, as a but. as a tremendous running back. But he didn't know how to play football, and it it took him what until week five. He knew how to be an athlete, and apparently all well, Saint V did was when was Fitch? Fitch. When was Fitch? Fitch. six six? six. 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 Yeah. six. It, it took him
4: five weeks. I mean, it took him five weeks. Nah, he, five he weeks. had a good game versus Penn. Trafford He yeah. had no, he yeah. had numbers, but no, he, he really had numbers, but it was, Fitch was the was the that point. Yeah, right. It was so,
1: like he knew how to take a handoff and go make a play. Then it was like they had it. It took him that long to learn. Oh, I need to like. Slow down. Read Here's my blocks. key. Like Buy the into the system. Develop. Here's my aiming point. Yeah, Here's is, my key.
3: Like, Yeah, it, follow. It, it,
4: get uh, up right on the guard's ass. Being, make the play.
1: It took us a while to teach him how to be a running back, not an athlete. So
5: speaking to the Maslin fan base that possibly thinks that, you know, this is the greatest Maslin team ever. We're going to just run the table and destroy everybody. It's a so gelling you know, process. It's mm-hmm. going to take a lot. You can't expect Kyrie Young, Martavian, Etc., to just walk in to the school, you know, and just know everything and just be 100% into the offense and have everything be perfectly fine, you know, new quarterbacks, some new guys in the offensive line, etc., we can't expect that. That's just not even, you know, plausible. These are high school kids. Yeah. These are high school kids. Let's not, let's, you know, pump the brakes a little bit here, people, and, you know, sink back into reality of life. And think, yes, this has the possibility of being a gr- absolutely great team. But, well, you know, let's let's give these guys some time to work themselves into the system and actually get to full speed before we expect them to be, you know, some superstar, game-changing athlete.
3: Yeah, I mean, Kyrie Young, he's listed at six one, two hundred. You know, based, based off some of the pictures I've seen, you know, he might be taller than six one, but. You know he's listed at six one two hundred. He's a three star athlete. He's got offers from everywhere you can imagine. Um, he started at Barberton, but freshman and sophomore year, I think. Yes. And then he went to Bucknell for his junior. Year. Freshman year he was
4: at Saint V. Saint V.
3: Saint V. And then Barberton. Then Bucknell. Then um, here. You know, so he's been bouncing around from different places. I mean, that's definitely something to kind of take a look at. It might take him a little bit longer to you know learn the system you know buy into some of these kind of things you know without knowing him personally but you know just basing it off of that but you know he's got offers from everywhere you know Matt said he reminds him of like a Briante Dunn I think that's a really good comparison because you know he's listed at six one two hundred, and you don't really think about how big that is until you look at a picture of him and he's like the tallest kid in the picture He's he's a big kid and it's like oh wow like that's that's, That's a big, big kid that you kid don't, don't want running full speed right at you. And you know, that you, you kinda of see how some of these larger colleges could like project him into the next level.
1: I just hope we get the chance to run elephant package like Briante had the luxury of.
3: Alright, hold on. <laughs> You're not gonna bring that up. Is that twelve men on the field or
1: Yes it is. Moving yes. along.
3: It was one Oak ran twelve men on the field against us. What yes.
4: like four series in the second half? Yep.
1: Like we're not head. gonna
3: bring
4: that up nope. at all. Okay.
1: Moving along. Do we have any other running backs we want to touch on before we uh, move to the next position? I think we should touch on Will Hartson, who is
5: a transfer from Beachwood. A number of, you know, what, there's four of them, I believe. Something like that. And he is listed at five times 200. Although in pictures, he looks... Larger than other people who are also 5'9". So, you know... He's young, so that... You know, he's, he's still growing. He's a sophomore. He's a young 5'9". So you know, he could be growing. A <laughs> young 5'9". That's funny. <laughs> he's a young 5'9". <laughs> you know, he... He looked like... You know, on his freshman film... He looked, he looked like he could be a real player in the future. Mm-hmm. Luckily for him and us... He doesn't need to step in here and be, need to be a starter. So, you know, he can... Wait back you know he can learn from the older guys he can learn the offense before he needs to be the guy and you know he looks like a more than capable backup obviously I mean you know he's looking at possibly being you know, a third or fourth string guy in this offense which is absolutely crazy considering his talent level
3: Yeah, he definitely looks like, I mean, I don't know if he was the official starter at Beachwood last year, but he got a lot of playing time for them. He looked good, you know, from all the stuff that I'm seeing of him now. I mean, he looks like a good player, and, you know, he could step in and be a starting running back for a lot of teams. And, you know, I don't know if he plays defense, Um, unlike some of these other kids that I know might go both ways. I think that definitely helps us out, whereas if Beasley needs to play more defense, you have Will Trello that might be able to step up one spot in the in the running back group and take some more snaps if we need to divvy things up. You know, don't think of him as just a fourth string running back or, you th- know, I don't you know, we're just naming him off. and no, We order. don't know what the, know what the order is. is. But, but don't, don't think of him as just one of four guys. guys you know, any one, one of these guys could, could be our running back. back. And, you know, if we ever need to divvy it up, if we need people to play defense, you know, we have a, a room there at the running back that can do anything.
5: I think a big thing that, like, the fans need to know about what Maslin, you know, does with his coaching staff is that everybody takes reps both sides. Like, there's no... Nobody plays, you know, except maybe quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know. Nobody just plays one position. Everybody takes reps on both sides of the ball. We have guys, you know, depth on both sides if needed. Obviously, hopefully we don't need it. But everybody knows yeah. how to play multiple positions because obviously any good, you know, coaching staff and anybody any good team knows that if the need arises, you need to have guys that can step into these positions. And know what they're doing, rather than just like, oh well, you're good athletes. Go go do this job, but you know that does not work against a good team. So I think we need you know point out that these kids are repping on both sides of the ball. We should not think that you know any any one kid, other than maybe the quarterback position, only knows how to play one position because they do not. They know how to play multiple.
3: Yeah, I mean, the kids only going one way is definitely a, a large school concept. And uh, I don't know if it's actually true or not, but like one of the rumors that got thrown around is when Moore first came here, he kind of wanted to get into that kids going one way idea. And I think we quickly realized that Maslin's not just quite big enough to do that. And, you know, we, we've had that mentality ever since. It's, you know, you got to have your best players on the field. Um, And when it comes crunch time, you know, you need Lamp to go both ways. You need Martavian to go both ways. You might need a lineman to step up and play defense or, you know, uh, vice versa. And you need these kids to know what they're doing. So I think the the idea of kids only going one way is, um, you know, maybe – it's, I don't want to say outdated because, no, you know, it's something, the further you go back, yeah. the more two-way players you had. But, you know, I think maybe 10 years ago even would have been a huge, your bigger schools were going one way, both ways. It's something
1: that you would love to do if you can, but not a lot of high schools can do it. And you look back even as far as two years ago, you know, when we are playing East St. Louis and we have to put Trayvon Morgan and Sam Linebacker to try and figure out how to stop these guys. I forgot about that. Yeah. Or are you just we're, we're playing around with like figuring out who can fit in where in crunch time when guys get hurt it's something that you know we don't do if we don't have to but it's something we can do if needed i mean
5: it, and you look at just last year look at the state championship game against the South. their best dudes that running back number 3 i forgetting his name at the moment and that
4: they played 24. both ways mm,
5: those dudes were, you know the running backs are playing linebacker
4: the receivers are the playing, playing
5: corner like their dudes were going both ways and I'm not saying that our guys weren't but in high school football especially you know D2 not necessarily D1 where they got like 1500 boys at their schools mm-hmm. you Literally. can't you can't necessarily expect that you can do a, two, a fully two platoon system in every single game where it matters.
4: Well, back to Wiltrou. You know, one thing I did want to mention about him is, um, I believe—and correct me if I'm wrong—he's he, the one that was making waves statewide as a track runner. Or was that? Um, so he
5: from part of the track team.
3: All right, so you're you're bringing me back a couple of months here, but I think yes, this is part two. I think he did run. I think he did run track. Um, I think he was on part of that that track. Team that track, track relay, I, I think Lennox is Lennox, Lennox the one. I think Lennox is the one that was making huge you know, Lennox like winning races, races as a. Both of them were guys. track guys, but they're, they I both have. They were both speed. on the team, yes, and they're both they're both young, um. But uh, I think Lennox is the one that was okay. like winning these. And
4: we'll get races. to him. Yeah. We'll, get we'll, to him. Yeah. we'll get to him.
5: Both Freddie Lennox Jr. and Walter Hartson. We're on the Beachwood indoor track team, which was very successful mm-hmm. this last, you know, Definitely. winter. So I think they're, you know, they both obviously have speed to be on a track team that actually does something. So you know, they're both names as uh, sophomores to look forward in the next as as freshmen I mean, last year. As, as freshmen, they were doing this. So in the years coming forward. We know that you know they have enough speed. That they're not just you know big kids or something like that, where they are grown men, but they you know fast. You know they're these guys have speed, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. it will only improve yeah. in the next years. So.
1: Years coming forward is good, but we have a lot more guys to talk about this year.
4: Yeah, we haven't even got to the line yet. Well,
1: last thing, last thing, last thing. Last thing <laughs> Let's hear Robert.
3: Last thing, Will Trail. Watching his highlight tape, you know, he as a freshman, he, he looked like a really good running back. Um, you know, he was shifty. He could make cuts and everything. So then when I saw him listed at 200 pounds and I see some of his off season workouts now that he's posting, he looks like a big guy, you know, he's, he's put on some muscle. Um, Mm -hmm. So him being able to perform as he did last year, but listed at 200 pounds, I think that is going to be something to really look forward to the next couple of years because that projects very well, you know, especially for like what a college would be looking for. Like.
5: Yeah, he projects very well as the starting running back for the next couple of years.
3: And the people that are going to be blocking for him this year is a group that you know, shouldn't go unnoticed. Um, we have four guys coming back out of the five, Real quick. at least. Yes. Yes. Go We're in. working
1: big to small. Touch on the fullbacks real quick, and then we'll get to my favorite position group. All right. Is there so, anybody of note? You know, who do we got coming back? All right. So,
3: fullbacks, um, you, you know, what? when, when it, it comes to the term fullback, fullback is what we're using. I know that's not what you like to use, use Hank, and your X's and O's. But, all right. So, both of our fullbacks that we used last year are both coming back this year. Wonderful. Um, uh, last names, Billman and Friend. They kind of both platooned, I don't know if either one of them played more than the other at fullback last year, but they were both juniors last year. They'll both be seniors this year. Um, one thing of note is that Friend's number changed, at least we think. Uh, he was like 40 last year, and now he has a lineman number 58. So I don't know if that means he's going to get maybe repped in more as a lineman or if he's going to be in line. Um, not 96 is Billman, but I think he also changed numbers. Yeah, so what's his number now? Uh, Forty-eight. Wonderful. Yes, that's, that's a better,
1: better fullback, fullback number. Better
3: fullback number. Um, <laughs> but but we have both our fullbacks coming back, back. You know they were yeah. you know huge, huge to our offense last year of how we used them. That, uh, they did a great they job. They have a lot of experience coming back in, and we have both of them returning.
5: Another thing that you have to like look forward to with the fullback tight end topic of this you know discussion is you know Caden Ward and Mike Miller.
4: As tight ends. And Portis. And and Portis.
5: Not necessarily Portis, but also um, Dylan Geyer as a tight end slash fullback. They're all kind of tight ends. They all play that
1: same kind of hybrid. It's kind of a
5: hybrid position where you're a tight end slash a fullback slash whatever. You're just going to go block somebody. I
1: really really
4: think think Woolard. I don't know if the coaches listen to this, but put Woolard in space as a tight end. Uh, I mean, a couple is. of them
5: could possibly go run a route and do something with it. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, that's the pri- the primary function of their position is to go block somebody. And I think we cannot leave off Woolard and Miller, and Geyer as blocking tight end slash fullback, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. There's a these are big dudes who can go block somebody, and you know beyond. Buildment and friend, you know we have a lot of options to add to the you know to our packages where we need more than just our five offensive line.
1: So in summation, we don't have like a guy that's returning back and that's going to be like the starter. Not necessarily, no. But it's, I don't believe so. It's a guy that's going to be able to make the blocks, be able to like dig out the end on power or just steal backside on inside outside zone. You know that also has to be able to run a little bit to the flat. You want somebody that can kind of be a blocker and a route runner. Um, I, it'll be fun to see how kind of it plays out, what they end up being used as. Because I know our system is very, we work with what we got, and we're pretty adaptive to the talent we have. Yeah, I
3: mean, last year above the the fullbacks that we used, we always used Zion in a role. As like a U back, I think you called it, and a lot of people might think it looked like he was a fullback, but he kind of did a different job. Still had a block, but uh, you know he also had the threat of running routes, and he caught a few passes.
4: Huge, huge play Absolutely. versus Hoban.
1: Absolutely, um, he would block
4: the backside end on these plays, and then he did. They did that throwback release.
1: It was. Uh Pretty much, he'd block, he'd seal the backside or inside zone, and then the boot off of that, he releases to the flat real quick.
4: Naked open, and and every time, yeah, and he and he he ended up scoring, I believe, our last touchdown.
1: Yes, yes.
3: Yeah, and you know, just like you said, we can interchange some of these players into different roles like that, and you know, a defense has to account for them. I'm, I'm asking you to talk into your mic. I don't know what it sounds like, but you keep leaning away from it. He's me. not bad. I wasn't
1: going to say it on the podcast. I'm not editing this out, by the way. Continuing on, it's fine. you know, you want a guy that can be both a blocker and mm-hmm. a run threat. Moving That being said, we should move on to yes. quarterback move, position. No. We should said move big on to the line. small or small to big. Big. Okay. Well, we'll, move well I guess Catron's pretty big. It doesn't matter. Catron is the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the inside. Before we get to Thick. the half the offense, let's. uh. I'll let you, heck, roll through the starting. Who we think going to be the starting lineman. Okay, Alex. I'm just going to say what I would think would be the starting five offensive linemen.
5: Let's go from left to right. Left tackle, Taryn Trankle. You know, he's committed to pit. I think could possibly be, me and Bill Green think, could possibly be an offensive Ohio lineman State, yeah. at Ohio State. So, I mean, let's put him at left tackle, 6'5", 295. Plus, I don't know what he's. You know, it depends what he ate for dinner tonight. You know, left guard John Cooth is the guy that we think is going to be our main guy. You know, he's coming off of that offseason knee injury, so you know you can't say 100% where he's at with his recovery. I mean, I I hope and pray that he's fully recovered. So let's let's just let's just put him in there as our left guard. He's listed as what like 6'2", 290,
3: 62, He's You know,
5: he's a big boy. You know, he's he held it down for us all last year. You know, I, I fully believe that he's only gotten better. He's, you know, he's going to hold it down for us again this year. Center, that was, you know, it was not in his position necessarily fully last year, but I think Dylan Garrettson Dylan is going to hold that down this year. He has gained a lot of weight since mm-hmm. last year. He is listed as like 250, 260 this mm-hmm. year. At six, and you know, at six foot, and you know, he's it's a wrestler type of, type of guy, guy. So you know, previously he had been losing weight during the winter, etc. You know, as wrestlers do, but he has you know he is really, you know noticeably filled out this year. I think he could really you know be a good you know a solid center for us this year. He's you know he can play pretty well for us. Right guard, same guard. as last year, Ray Gurels, He's listed at about Six foot two ninety, you know he's n- you know not much different than last year. He can you know I can only assume that he's going to be as good or better than last year. Right tackle, that's kind of up, up in the air. I would assume going into week one, it's going to be Todd He's listed at what like six foot six one, 250 Not necessarily going to jump off the paper at you, but. I think he could possibly – he's going to be – he's a junior. He's going to probably be very solid for you, you know, tough kid. He's played offense and defense. He, you know, he can go both ways. He could possibly make an impact for this team this year on both sides of
4: the ball. Yeah, he moves. He, he – his feet and his hands, I've noticed, just he, – he played a little bit of varsity last year, but um, he has good feet. He has good hands. I think – um. With the off season, he'll learn. He, he's gotten stronger, so I think he's a solid kid.
5: You know, a wild card into this, you know, factor is going to be Nash. To I, to Jammer, I don't know what I would pronounce his first name. Tay. 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 Tay let's call him Tay. Nash. He was at one of the transfers from you know Beachwood. He's about 6'3", 315. Big. You know, he's he's a big boy. He started at left tackle for Beachwood last year. But once again, you cannot expect these kids that are transfers to walk into Vaseline and just automatically be, you know, first day you know, first day starters, great players. You know, it's a big step up from Beachwood to Vaseline. Like you cannot mm-hmm. really, you know, anticipate that there's all every single one of them is just gonna be great. So you know, it's you know it's you can't you know, you can't just expect that he's going to be great. So he's just because he's big doesn't he's big necessarily doesn't mean he's going
1: to be a starter. Um, I think right now we have a lot of guys. We have experience coming in. We have new guys coming in that have been in the system at backups. In general, I look for this line to be a pretty good one. Is compared to at least recent mass in history.
4: Yeah, and that's saying a lot. I mean, um, we do return four starters, and you know, given the time to well,
5: not necessarily yeah. starters, but with guys yeah. with, with experience.
3: Yes. So the man in question is is Garretson, who we project to be center this year. He did, he did get significant playing time last year, but he wasn't a full time starter. I like to say we have four guys returning with experience. Um, even if he wasn't a full-time starter. Um, but, you know, you got Rankle, Ells, Garretson, and Kuth um, coming back, and then Todrick Lee that we think can step up. He was kind of stuck behind the depth chart last year. He was also young. but well, he's going to be a junior this year? Is that right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's got you know, a little bit more experience now compared to being as a junior. Um, we think he'll be able to step in. He knows the system. But then you also have Tay Nash, like you said, coming in. Yeah. Um, But But the one thing that we can say say is, you know, Rankle was committed to Pitt. Like you said, you know, they they think he could end up being an Ohio State State guy, guy, especially especially since Ohio State has a couple of offensive linemen that are on the fence on if they're actually going to commit to Ohio State or not. You know, Rankle has gotten bigger um, from last year, which helps him a lot because now he has that elite big-time D1 size. Um, He's a guy that would have really benefited from camps in the summer. Um, Rager Ells has some college offers. Um, Garrison has some college offers, you know, some D2, D3 schools. Uh, They're both offered by Mount Union. Um, Kuth has at least one D1 offer, I believe. Everyone on
4: the offensive line has at least Mount Union or better Mm -hmm. offers. And and I like to say that and also specify that these are Mount Union roster spots. These aren't uh, D3 offers, which – D3, it's kind of where you you can't technically give scholarships for sports. But when you get a roster spot from a place like Mount Union with the history that they have in football, it it does mean something, um, at least especially to this area. I I think that – go ahead.
5: I think, you know, and speaking of Rankle, we have to mention that last year he was, what was it, 265? Or something it like that, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's two ninety plus.
1: That
4: young is, guy, big frame. I was
1: gonna say, uh, no, welcome, he is, welcome to a big frame in puberty. He is a,
5: a younger guy for his class, science as class, as, by as far as Hank, we know, or health. <laughs> um, know. So he is a guy that is, you know, probably younger for his class. That is just now growing into his frame, whereas you know. You know, two years ago, he was like, he came in as like our tight end package.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was our six Sixth offensive you know, line kind of big package. So, was, so I, think
4: I think there are a couple other kids that could be mentioned on the offensive line. Um, Turpin. Um, who else? <laughs> All I know is um, Moore said that they, he believes that we are 8 to 10 deep on the offensive line. And yeah, I, that's, something, that's something to be said from a guy that played college football as, As a lineman.
1: That also doesn't, in general, won't sit and bullshit the media. You know, he'll, kinda, he'll tell you straight up, like, how he thinks, what he's thinking. And I think
4: Mercurio, is that a name? I, I, don't, I don't know. know.
5: Well, so, so okay, we're talking about sophomores. You have Dante Holloway and Mike Mercurio, who are both guys that maybe they're not big enough yet. They're not good enough yet. You know, in quotations. To be starters on the offensive line, but you know they are in the line to be the next guys in you know in the offensive line. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I
3: think something that hurts our conversation about this is that we have four guys returning, so it's kind of hard to see the guys behind them. It's good. Know, point. Get, getting yeah. reps getting reps at offensive line is not something that happens
4: often. You know, that's usually
3: the last people that you take out mm-hmm. when it comes to second string. Yeah, when you're out. going
4: inside run, you're gonna you're gonna rep that position so much so that they're ready to go against any front they see, any mm-hmm. stunt they see, which is a big deal. Yeah, but the the fact fact that that we have four guys guys returning, I think... Kids get
3: buried. It definitely... Kids gets buried in the depth chart, exactly. I think that definitely explains that we have more kids behind them, them, Um, but but you just haven't got got the chance to see them. them. So So as as hard as it is for us to kind of mention some of them... The, the one takeaway is that we got four guys coming back. You know, we think Todd Gulley definitely has a chance to, you know, start and have a really big role. Also, Nash coming in from Beachwood. He, he has a couple Who's of the other the,
4: lineman from Beachwood? I think he has potential uh, as well. He's a younger he's kid. Younger. He's younger. Jones. Jones. Yeah. And he's another Andre bigger
3: kid. Um, yeah, he's he's coming in from Beachwood. You know, he's About a bigger kid.
5: 285 is what he's <laughs> Yeah, so he's,
3: he's got the size. He's a little bit younger. Um, uh-oh. Donk. <laughs> and the board fell on Jim's head for the eighth time tonight. Okay, first um, first time on air, but first time on air, but seven times before the podcast started. He's not exaggerating, folks. At least seven times before this. Um, <laughs> so you know, Nash does have a few college offers. I think his size really plays into that. Um, he's going to be a junior this year, so it's you know coming in from Beachwood like Hexside. So, it might take a learning curve before you can kind of put everything together. But, you know, in general, our offensive line should be really solid. thing that we didn't note is, you know, we talked about Cuth having a knee injury, but I think we had a few other guys that also had some lingering injuries last year that, you know, we assume can be healed up. But, you know, that's something throughout the summer that they might have had to work with. Um, so moving on to quarterback.
4: Big position.
3: Big position on the team. Definitely got to have to uh, – You know, divvy the ball up, and we have plenty of kids that are going to want it. But uh, who are we expecting to be that guy?
1: I think we we all kind of know the heir apparent. I guess would be the best thing to call him captain. Yes, a a, a captain. Uh, You know, that's not something that's just given out lightly. That's that means he's a good leader on the team. Absolutely. Um, Is number twelve Zach Catrone? We've seen him a lot last year, just based on how much we've had the second team come in and. I think in the year before that, 2018, against Quite that was two years ago, two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, two years, two years ago. ago. Yes, thank you. you. <laughs> um, for doing the math on that. <laughs> there, heck. Um, <laughs> coming in I mean, in a big, a big playoff, playoff game, playoff game games, you know, in a spot where uh, lefty goes down, gets hurt, oh. and really, really just kind of play play played play good play overall. Um, Zach Catron, you know, we've seen some, some of him. A little bit in the big spot, a lot in mop up duty. Uh, I'm high on him. What are, what are we thinking here?
3: Yeah, so I mean, I think the one thing that we can say um, is he's he's pretty experienced for a kid that's never started at quarterback. Because the one thing that we do in practice, the one thing that Coach Troxler has always talked about is that he's always treated them long well and Catrone you know, the same way. They've both been, you know, starters in practice. They've both gone through all of the reps together, the mental reps, all the different things that they need to do to learn the system. So he's always had that full confidence in him going in. You know, he's been stuck behind Longwell, Stark County's all-time leading passer. So, um, you know, it's it's been time coming. He's out- not.
4: I'm, I'm sorry, but i got to interrupt you. Um, Aiden Longwell is not Stark County's. Touchdown. No. Touchdown leader. No, he's, he's not.
1: What didn't is he take it? over?
4: No, yeah. Cam Blair beat him as a junior. So. Yeah, but, but then, then Longwell, slide,
3: but Longwell, Longwell went further into the season, season and ended up having it, I thought.
4: Yeah. Yeah. No. No? No. At least, a, well, if he has it now, good for him. He'll have it for about another okay. day and a okay, half. Okay,
3: Cam Blair is expected to beat Longwell's record, yeah. yes. Yeah. But yeah. I, don't thought, I thought <sighs> Longwell had it.
1: Okay, either either, way, way, anyways, either, either way, way, Longwell didn't have Longwell's a a stud. playing against a bunch of cornfield schools. All right. Either way, he's been, stuck,
3: he's been stuck behind Longwell for the last couple of years, but he did come in as a sophomore in a playoff game and help us win. Um, So, I mean, I think he has some of that experience. He's had the mental reps, the physical reps in practice for the last couple of years. He's coming into it. He knows it's finally his time to shine. And he has so many weapons around him. He's got an offensive line with him. I think he's in a really good position where we don't have to throw him into the fire. You can kind of just ask him, you know, to just do his job. You don't have to do more. You don't have to do less. Just go in there and give the ball to the right
4: guy. Yeah, and that's kind of what I hope he is, like a point guard of of the offense to use a a metaphor but um watching his film what i what i noticed right away especially in the avon scrimmage of last year he has a good deep ball strong arm uh, i'm talking 50 yards plus um reminds me of longwell uh in that aspect but hopefully like you said he's had the mental aspect behind him um and with let's just say there's been other coach there's been other quarterbacks that have tried to come to the program, and and the, and the coaching staff wasn't about it. And that says something about the kind of kid, the kind of character, and the kind of talent Zach Catrone is.
1: Yeah, kind of speaking on that, you know, we've had a lot of guys that want to come here and be like – High profile. Not, maybe not necessarily them specifically, but their parents like, hey, you know, my kid wants to come here. He's going to have a starting spot, right? Big names. and coach, you know, the current staff is like, well, he can come here and he can compete for a spot. And if you just expect a starting position and you don't want to compete, then you can go be a tight end at Hoban. Otherwise... <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, we <laughs> uh, we Like, just this last off season, we've had guys that like, hey, you know, my kid's thinking of coming here. Quarterback's looking like an open position. Well, no, he's going to have to compete at quarterback, and they find out that Twelve is kind of a dude. He just happened to be stuck behind one of the best arms that Stark County's seen in quite, quite some years. A while, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, so Catrone looks like a good athlete. athlete. He's a great baseball he's player, baseball so got, he's, he's got he's got that, that strong arm action. action. Um, he's he's able, able to throw, throw the ball, ball down the field. field. Um, you know, you know one the one thing that, that you know Matt was referring to you is you know calling him a bigger guy. But I mean, honestly, I remember in the he's well built. He's got muscle. He's well built. He's he's. Looks, he looks like, like he's in the, the weight room. room. Yeah. Um. The, the one, one thing that I've head noticed head lately, head especially head as captain pitcher, it looks head like he's slimmed down. Head Did you guys notice that? A little Did bit. Did it
4: look like it? He's looking a little more stout. than... It uh, looks like he's
3: slimmed down. 90 degree
4: heat in two days. Well, not well, really was, two days.
3: Either way, it looks like he's slimmed down. Not that his size was an issue at all, but it looks like he slimmed down a little bit more, so I don't know if that... Helps or hurts him, but um, you know it definitely, definitely slows him down a little. He's, he's a great baseball player. You can throw the ball around. We've seen a little bit of what he can do on the football field. You know he's been the backup, which we've had chances to bring him in plenty of times over the last two years. So you you've seen him, you know, in mop up duty. But you know I think everybody has seen this coming. It's his time to shine. He's
4: going to step in there, and he's going to be the guy. Don't be surprised if he breaks some single season records at Maslin. I really. Think with with his talent as well as what's around him. He has a chance to really have a great year.
5: But also, we cannot also you know simultaneously expect that he's going to walk in and just be everything's it's a learning you know, perfect. Yeah. And you know he's going to step in and everything's mm-hmm. going to be just fine. Yeah, we
4: can facing some good talent.
5: We obviously we have a pretty good you know schedule ahead of us. Starting with St. Ed's, which is, you know, one of the top teams in the state. If not if the not, country. If not the mm-hmm. North East Ohio, you know, Midwest area. So we cannot, you know, some you can expect that he's gonna be, you know, he's a senior, he's had some reps in the offense, you know. But it's, also you can't expect that he's just gonna walk in and just be everything, you know. It's just like a we seamless about transition.
1: Our, we there's gonna be a, a gelling process and with everything that's happened with this shortened off season and all no scrimmages. The, well, all of this yeah. bullshit. It's going to take a little bit for the offense to mesh together and to really look like it should. Talking about bullshit,
4: <laughs> we are all wearing our masks right now. Just saying. Doesn't it sound great? Yeah. Um, I mean, I
3: mean if, chances, chances are, chances are, if you listen, listen to this podcast, podcast, you probably pay, pay attention to other, you know, other teams as well in the area. You know, everything, everything that you're hearing about the Cleveland Browns, everything that you were hearing about college football. You know, there's. Maslin hasn't gone gone through through any seven seven on sevens. We did not have any scrimmages. You know, we're still looking for one on Friday. Doesn't seem like we're going to get one. Um, Well, so we're going to be walking. What do you expect? Nobody wants to play. Nobody wants to play. Point is. He hasn't gotten, none of our kids have gotten any live reps against another team. And I think that adds into the learning curve because you can only practice against yourself so much. You can only split up your team evenly so much. At one point in time, you want to put your full go number one offense together, and it's really tough to go against. You know, it's hard to put a full go defense together against it. You know, we touched on that earlier. Um, you, you can try, try it, but it's just different, different than playing a different team. team. And, you and, you know, know we're, we're going to be going into week one, you know, not, not blind, blind, but untested. untested. Yeah. And, and I, think I think that's something that, that if anything, hurts the, the quarterback, quarterback position, position
5: the most. And I think that's something that, I mean, obviously everybody is going to have to deal with who maybe isn't going to get a scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Like, like we probably won't be getting a scrimmage here Which in, the next a couple, in the next two days. Um,
4: But, well I, I you know let's talk about that for a second. You know, this is kind of some bullshit. The <laughs> sta- coming in hot. <laughs> the state of Ohio waits until virtually the last possible week. They give you 4, four days. days notice. 4 days notice and they say, "Oh wait, you know, this actually this was after his original announcement he came out and said that you could have a scrimmage." So with 4 days, he says, "Oh, and by the way, you can have a scrimmage." And I don't know if that's by design are they saying they i mean indirectly are they saying we really don't want you to have a scrimmage or is it just a lack of leadership or who who knows what it is but it is it's not it's ill-timed and who knows what
3: caused that but point is we have the opportunity to scrimmage either friday or saturday and as of right now, Wednesday night, we do not have
4: anybody to scrimmage. Yeah, and who knows when this will be uploaded? So probably, you guys, you probably go- tomorrow, but continue.
1: Yeah, we might. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know,
4: but you know, we're
3: some teams are
1: scrimmaging.
4: We're not. There are a lot of teams that are scrimmaging. We. I really think it hurts us. As of us what? being massing, but
1: also as of now, McKinley doesn't have one either. I'm not I saying we should, should. We shouldn't. I don't, I don't think we. I'm just saying, just in general, like, like that's the crazy. state of Stark County right now
5: think the bottom line is you can't expect going into week one, Let's like scrimmages aside, I would almost think that defenses are going to be ahead of offenses. And that's as a good segue. Going and let's into start the, focusing on our,
4: on our defense. Real
1: quick, though. All
4: right, Hank. Holistically.
1: holistically I, and uh, if you want to no, no.
4: I, okay. I want, whatever, after, you. I want okay. after
1: you. Okay. I was going to say just holistically what we might look like as an offense. You know, we talked about our line. Um, I think three years ago, 2017, that was like the year of power. We ran power every goddamn play. We had the chance. Year after that, 2018, it was like power with a lot of stuff built around it. Last year, we were a lot more inside zone. It's a it. It varies schematically what you want to run is. It's going to take time to figure it out. It's going to take yeah, it's going to take a little while to figure out. Also, all of those schemes kind of generally need a fullback in. So we probably coming out three wide receiver with a fullback out there personnel. Um, I expect you know Ballard to come out at X, what he was a couple years ago. Lamp to come out at Y. That uh, Trayvon Morgan position, real physical, but can also take the top off of defense. Martavian Johnson, like we talked about, that agent Ford position, real an athlete with a ball in his hand. Running back, I we'll we'll see. Committee. Yeah. As of now committing. Um and I expect our quarterback to be able to distribute that ball to anybody that gets open. You know, it's we have some playmakers on our offense. Really anybody anyone on this offense that was anywhere else in Stark County, the defense is focusing on that. Now they have a chance to shine. Defense is balls in your court, who are you taking away? And like that old saying goes, play don't care who makes it. Yeah, yeah, I never heard that one. I like that. <laughs> Me neither.
4: Play don't uh, care who makes it. Hank Pfeiffer. Yeah, Hank Pfeiffer. I, yeah. I, I stole it from somewhere. Take well, credit. Take credit.
1: as tonight. All right, well, okay. Quote yes. Hank <laughs> Pfeiffer, play don't care who makes it. Play
3: don't care who makes it. Um. Yes, yeah, yeah, so like, <laughs> I mean that's nice. So the reason that I, I wanted to go after you or at least transition to this segue. You know, I'm kinda looking over at the, the computer real quick. I see that we're about an hour and twelve minutes in. Um I don't know how much gets cut off at the beginning because I wasn't paying attention to the beginning. Two minutes. Two minutes. So we're an hour and ten minutes in. Um I don't know if we're gonna just cut this into into different podcasts altogether. Run it. different it. episodes, or we're gonna combine them. Run it. But either run it. way Either way, let's take a dedicated break right between offense and defense, um, because you know we're in the new podcast studio, different from last year. You know, I'd love to have, I'd love to be able to say that this is a sponsored studio right now, but would uh, be nice. It'd be nice. Listen, we have no, we have different people that want to sponsor things. We need to get our bus sponsored, and that's something that we're going to you know incorporate into the podcast this year. I wish we had some of our commercials done and ready to go for this podcast and i don't think it's going to be ready um but hopefully for the next one we'll get some of these these done because we have sponsors that we you know are working with us we're working with them we're going to try to add some of their advertising some of their commercials into this as well um it's but we're going to add a dedicated break maybe we get a commercial by time this gets uploaded we can add it in if not you know, we just roll right into defense. Um, but you know, we're definitely looking for different options like that. If you want to sponsor the studio, this brand new studio we're in, let's use it. Um if not let's take a small break. Hopefully we can add commercials into it. If it rolls right into defense, that means we didn't get it done.
2: Yep,
3: And we're back. Um so we're gonna jump into the defense side of the ball. Um, if you didn't hear any commercials between this, i believe that because we don't have any set up yet. But hopefully for next week, we will. Uh, so we're going to jump into defense real quick. Um, hopefully not quite as long as the offense, but you know there's a lot of talk about. we got some guys coming back, some guys um, that had some roles last year that weren't full starting roles. Um, some new faces as well. So Andrew Heck, as you're busy tormenting Jim, uh, why don't you jump into you know, your choice the defense. Where do you want to start at?
5: Let's start in defensive line here.
3: Let's do it. All
1: right.
5: Um let's go with defensive end, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a newcomer, newcomer, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh from um, who I guess Buckdown. From, Bucktle.
3: from Bucktle. Yep.
5: Mike Miller. Who's listed at six two to sixty. Mm-hmm.
3: Big, big boy. Big boy.
5: Yeah. But, looks but looks like an athlete. Doesn't look doesn't look too Smaller 60. than Two, I mean he play he plays smaller than 260. I don't know how, I don't I mean I don't sit there and weigh him so I don't know how much he weighs. So he plays smaller than 260. I I would say,
3: not in a bad way. Not as in uh he looks more athletic than 260. More of an edge rush guy yeah. than a guy that stuffs the hole. He looks quicker more athletic than your typical 260 guy.
1: Yeah uh, and that's kind of the prototypical prototypical player you want at defensive end. Um, you know, some guy yeah, that can, can sit there stare, hold, hold the, edge the edge on offense, offense or on defense, uh, kind of, you, know, you know, attack the offensive tackle, tackle not like let anything that get outside of him. him. Uh, heck, you got anything else on him?
5: Yeah, you know, he's an athletic guy. You know, he played quality minutes for Hoban as a sophomore. So that's, so that's the, year the year they beat us. us. You know, that's 2018, the year they were state champion. So you know he's obviously a quality, obviously a quality enough athlete that he played quality minutes for Hoban in that, that year. So, so I would assume. I mean, obviously I don't know. I'm not sitting there at practice. I, that, he is going to be a quality player for us on the edge. You know, probably an upgrade from what we've had the last couple of years. I mean, I can't imagine that he'd be a downgrade. So you know, that's going to be a. You know, a
1: that's gonna you know, be a what you know an, an upgrade for
5: us, for us on the, on the edge, edge. On okay. the, at, at the defensive All end right. position.
1: All right, is there, is there any depth, depth to him, or what, what do you got? Or are you moving inside?
5: I mean, I would probably. I don't, I'm not sure who would be the backup to him, although you know. So I would probably move into the defensive tackle position, which I would assume would be C.J. Harris, which he's a guy that played quality minutes at a malt, and you know I couple of different positions you know at nose tackle he filled in for um, Manny last year a little bit here and there he played some defensive tackle spots mm-hmm. I think if you know he's not a huge guy he's at, he's about six foot two sixty so he's not you know, he's strong
4: you know, kid he um, I believe currently he's on I don't know if it's injury protocol I don't know if we're allowed to talk about
1: that on air, but I mean, we can talk about what we know. Or uh, last I saw, up.
4: based on JP. It's been, it's been posted publicly. So Yeah, okay, so he's been riding the bike at practice, but he's definitely the guy at defensive tackle. He's a guy that can take on the double team, use his hands, get away from, from the blocks and go in and make a big play. I think he's gotten stronger every single year. He's definitely progressed via the weight program. I know you guys always talk about – yeah. Um, how our weight program develops guys to be uh, fourth quarter players, guys that get stronger as the game goes on. He is a player um, that definitely fits that mold, and he's, he's really embraced this, the Studer weight program. So good for him. I know Coach Moore is very high on him. He's a, he's a strong defensive tackle, and he's going to play good minutes for us as long as he's healthy. So hopefully he's help, healthy by next Friday. And we'll see, and what, see what he can do.
1: And even if he's not by next Friday, you know, we just at least by week six and roll into the playoffs, which everybody makes because everybody gets a ribbon, apparently, I don't know, COVID, all that.
4: Yeah, everybody, it's this damn generation. It's, it's this damn, everybody gets, a, everybody gets a everybody gets a winner, or a, a ribbon in this generation, right, guys? But uh, so so I, I guess, guess moving a nose. Uh,
5: yeah, I guess moving the nose, uh, yeah, tackle. I would assume that Reese Turpin would be our nose tackle Mm -hmm. He played quad, You know, he was a JV In the minutes that he was allowed to have As a transfer Last year at nose tackle He's about 6'2", 305 He's what he's listed as You know, he is a guy that maybe Could rep on offensive line You know, we don't know yet for sure Um He, no, he could be a very Disruptive Mm -hmm person in the middle of that defensive line for us
4: yeah he reminds me of manny he's got the size maybe a little bit more height and a little bit less weight than manny had manny was a man among boys last year he took on double teams fullbacks everything and he stuffed up that middle so i think reese reese can come in there maybe be a little bit more athletic no disrespect manny Maybe, maybe be a little, little bit little more athletic, athletic, but he, but he can, can tear that that, that middle, middle, that focal, that focal point, point of the of opposing, opposing offense, and he, and he can get, he can really disrupt some things for so. us. So, so good yeah, for yeah, him. I, I, I think, think he's, he's a kid that could, that could possibly that get an in, get, get an nine, offer. Nine, maybe not nine, D1, but, but he's a kid that I foresee getting an offer.
1: Yeah, Manny was a last year. Manny was a force inside, um, on the center and offensive guards. You know it that nose tackle position. That's something you want. That's like you, you, you want, want to soak, to soak up, up the double teams. teams. You, you want to make, make it, it harder for those guys, those guys to get up, up to the next level. level. And I and think, I think Turpin, Turpin can be a guy that, that can do that. You don't, don't necessarily, necessarily need, somebody need somebody as big or, or strong as strong as, as Manny, just somebody that, that either through strength, strength, technique, size, size whatever, can soak, soak up those up double, double teams, teams and, and just be a dude inside and let the linebackers play.
4: Yeah, and he has that size. But, I again, I think he's a little bit more athletic.
1: Potentially. Well, I mean, we'll find out. I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he is. Um, also,
4: at backup there, you have uh, is it Ells? Yeah, kind I of. We got a,
5: a list of the offensive guys, like you know Garrison Ells, et cetera, who could possibly play. And, and,
4: and Ells out. is a wrestler, I believe, and he he's a pretty good wrestler based on the things he posts on his Twitter. Not to be a you know a guy that stocks high schoolers' Twitters, but I've seen his I've seen his. I've seen his, his wrestling and and he's a kid that he's athletic he's quick he can tear up that no spot if needed so
1: yeah kind of in general those inside guys i mean there's there is a lot to i don't want to take away from the position but you can rotate offensive guys in. you can kind of rotate backup guys in to keep to keep them fresh you know at the end of the day you still want those the starters in at that position
4: I really, I really think, think and, and this, this is just my, my personal opinion. opinion, I think, I think fresh, fresh guys on the defensive line is, is crucial, even I if it's a kid, kid that's maybe, you know, let's let's, let's put this as like a grade. grade. Let's, let's say you, say got, you got, got a kid, kid that's an A-level a level kid. kid. If, 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 if he's, he's at 100%, you want him in. But let's say he drops down, he's getting a little bit tired, the team's pushing him around, you know, it's been a long series. If you can get a guy that's a B at 100%, that's better than the guy that's an A at 70%. So, so I, I think I keeping kids, kids fresh, fresh it, it keeps, keeps everybody, you know, know motivated, motivated, playing every, every play, I it think it's a big, big deal to have, have depth, depth at the, the defensive line. line. I really I really am, really am a big, big defensive line guy. guy. I played a little, <laughs> a little bit of defensive line, so, so. – Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something we've seen in the past.
3: Uh, You know, we can rotate guys in, you know, whether it's because we want to keep kids fresh or if it's just, you know, different scenarios. You know, third and short is completely different than second and long. So, you know, who you have in can kind of change, you know, based on the scenario as well. We we talked about Miller, Harris, and Turpin as our probably starting defensive lineman as our full down on the line, guys. Um, um at 260, 260 270, 270, 305. You know, you know kind of um, rounding yeah. out. Um, um another, another guy, guy that sometimes you'll see down on the line, the line sometimes you sometimes won't. Stud is uh, going to be Caden, Caden Ward, our our, our all shucks guy. guy. <laughs> Oh shucks. Oh, shucks. oh, shucks. oh, shit! Uh, so, oh. We, love our, we
2: love
4: our, you know, Chris Easterling does a great job. He's from down south, so we get it. He's got some southern tendencies in him. I it. Southern, you know, maybe he eats a lot of southern food. I don't know, fried food in general. Kentucky Fried.
3: Kentucky Kentucky Fried Chris. He's a Kentucky man, But uh, Caden Ward, he's a guy. uh, He's got some D1 offers. He's a guy that we think probably would have benefited from summer camps to get him some bigger offers. Um, What has changed from last year to this year and what do you expect from him this year, you guys?
5: Oh, what has changed is about, on paper, two inches and about 40 pounds is what has changed.
1: Oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh,
0: shucks. He ate, sucks,
4: ate ate some he, of that. He was, good. Last, he was good last year before yeah, that. He <laughs> looked yeah, good yeah. to me, but I guess he's got a... what? What's <laughs> the word? They used a mild-mannered look to him or something? Mild-mannered. He ate some
1: of that fried chicken. Got, the, got <laughs> that Clark Kent mild-mannered look to him.
5: Okay. <laughs> okay. Bottom okay. line, Kevin Ward is a freaking Kate. beast. Yes, like, like, we all knew that, that going back. into last year. I don't care what Sister Easterling says about him. He was, he was a, a beast for us last year. Here. Now he's even bigger day. and stronger. He's going to – I mean, I, I would, would expect a huge year out of Cajun Waller. Like, he's, he's going to be a D1, D1 guy, like, obviously. He's, he's, already, he's got already got, got some home. offers.
4: Yeah, yeah Miami of I mean, Ohio. Ohio. Uh, I think, like Central Central Michigan. Michigan. I I think, think he's going to be at a minimum a Mac a Mac level player. I his mean, dad played at Bowling Green. I expect Mac, that at least.
5: If he's a Mac level player, then that team just freaking locked out cuz that Cause kid that is at least a Big 10 player. Big big 10 player. 10 at 10 I mean 10 10 at the Great hands,
4: great hands, good speed, great physicality for a guy his size and he has the frame to build upon that going forward, especially at the college level. I think he's going to put on You could see him come back, you know, in five years when he comes back and he's on the sideline at a Masson-McKinley game. He could be a guy that's 6'4", 290, and looks ripped. In my opinion, I could be wrong, but he has that type of frame.
1: He's a guy that we already know he can play down on the line, hand in the dirt, is a backside defensive end. Um, I think last year we saw him, like, as the year went on, start to play a lot more stand-up, like a lot outside linebacker type role. I'd look, I'd look for more for of that this, this coming, coming year. Um, a, a, guy a guy like that with that kind of talent, talent he, can he can stand, stand up, play, be off the line more and, and still like be, be, able able to, be, able be able to be able to seal, seal that, that backside, backside edge if it needs if it.
4: Needs it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he and, and, and like you said, said, you know, talking about him being up, I watched him play some basketball this year. He might not be the most athletic kid on a basketball court, but for a guy that's playing down and up, at that position in football he's a kid that can get he can cover a guy if you need him to he can go in he can stuff a run play he can make the sack so he is an athletic kid in my opinion so yeah i mean he's definitely you know a physical kid really tough kid he's a competitor.
3: Um, you guys kind of touched on it a little bit, but I, I was going to ask you guys—nothing uh, new. He did it last year, but his role is what I think we we call the OB, Sometimes down on the line, sometimes he's up. Um, you know, he has to be able to come off the edge. He has to also play in the flats. You know, how important? You know, Andrew, Hank, you guys kind of dive into these X and Os a little bit. You know, Matt, you played a position somewhat similar to that you were probably on the opposite side of this yeah i was on the opposite side but but i was up and down yeah but i mean you, you understand it you know how important is that role and you know when is he asked to do one thing versus another
1: i think in general we've touched on it before especially with zion is the more hybrid of a player you are the better um the fact that he can play down with his hand in the dirt Exceptionally well, like he does, is a great thing in our in our defense. That and when he can play up and back and in the flats is even better. Um, we've seen having guys like what uh, was it, Sangool? Yeah, yeah, A couple years back, you know that um, he was playing. He played and, like, smart. I'm quoting coaches here. We won't say names. Not any. that strong. Not that fast. Not that athletic, really shouldn't be on a football field. Um, but he was always where he needed to be, you know. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, in the same season, guy getting subbed in, we see Jameer Thomas, exactly one of the best football players Mass has seen, playing that same position. Um,
4: physical freak, athletic freak. It's
1: it's, it's a position that. In our defense, we can get by with it being a role player, but I think the more that he can do, the better. Yeah, it's a position that
4: requires one thing that, I, that sticks out to me is um, somebody that's high IQ, that's disciplined playing that position, especially a guy that plays it all the time. I know Jameer came in and basically you know, gave an angle rush. I don't know what they called they wanted, it, but it was it was basically it was just a, just a r- rush on the edge with yeah. Jameer at that point he when he subbed in. Yeah. yeah, and but but that, that position, position in general, you need somebody that's very disciplined, very smart, and also if you can get a guy that's a, a freak athlete like Woolard is, you're going to disrupt offenses completely. So I, and yeah, like like Heck said, like you guys like said, he's a, a Big Ten quality ball ball player. Ball so
1: in general, you watch him. In, you know, he can rush the edge he can drop good if not better than most high school players you would expect and i think especially when you walk him back it's it really messes up like what the offensive line wants to do if they're gonna try to if they're gonna try to to attack that side they don't know how to handle like a mobile a basic uh under front but when the end just like walks himself back five yards they don't know how to treat that and Post snap, you know, he's making a lot more reads. They're putting a lot more on him, responsibility-wise. But it's a—he's a guy that's going to be a very big piece to our defense this year.
4: So, so moving on, I think we're going to get to the actual middle linebacker position. Um, you know, Wooler was kind of a hybrid DN end outside linebacker, but now we're going to go to to the specific linebacker spot, Mike Will Sam, and I think. Um, we, have we have one, one guy, guy returning that had considerable, considerable playing time last year, and that would be uh, number 33, Andrews. Is Xavier Andrews. Andrews. Yeah. And, and he's a, a guy that if you if you see him in a store, you know, in Maslin, he's built like a, a brick house. He's, you know, he's a guy that goes he might to the weight room. You might think he's 30 years old. Because he's just <laughs> built like a man. I mean, literally a man. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's a, a captain. captain. He was elected captain, captain by his teammates. teammates. Uh, I think they have it listed as 5'11", 195. Um, um, I don't know if he has an ounce yeah. of fat on him. Yeah, uh, he's <laughs> He is a grown man. He got some playing time last year, um, and we, we expect him to probably play at one of the uh, linebacker spots, most likely inside. You know, the linebacker spot is probably the one of the harder ones that we have to project of who's going to play where. Um, but we, he's one of them. He has some, some experience coming back from last year, 5'11, 195. Um, another kid that we, we want to talk about. Um, you know, he's got some D1 offers. He's somebody you're not going to be super familiar with because you'll, you'll, you'll quickly become like familiar with. Yeah, you'll, you'll learn about him quick, but, um, he transferred
4: in. He's also from Book originally St. V., I believe. St. V., Book and now Maslin. Um, <laughs>
5: Jamaica's Portis.
1: You, you wanted, wanted to talk. Go ahead, talk.
5: You know, Portis, Portis is a guy that he was a starter for St. V. as a sophomore. We played against him. Everybody heard his name called repeatedly, you know, over the PA. Mm hmm. He was Walt a. Brunswick,
4: if you will. <laughs>
5: yes. He was, you know, he was a playmaker as a sophomore, you know. And then he, along with. Mike Miller, Kyrie Young, etc., all went to Buchtel because I don't, I don't know what they were thinking. They, they just wanted to play together. I thought guess. they all wanted to play together and form some sort of super team at Buchtel. It did not work out well, obviously, for them. Now, pretty much all of them are at Massillon.
4: Minus the running back that went to McKinley, but that's neither here nor there. Well, they also had somebody go to Streetsboro
3: and a couple other kids go to McKinley for basketball. But um, yeah, both in a mess right now. Okay, but he, back really to Jamieson, really big player. He's got some D one offers. Uh, he's a downhill player, six foot two twenty five. Always finds the ball. You know, big time tackling machine. You know, bigger sized linebacker. Um, if you, if you watch, watch his tape, he's just always around the ball. Nose on the, the ball. Yeah. He finds a way to get at the ball every time. Um, you know, I, I question, question not him specifically, specifically but when you watch that Bukto film, film for for anyone, honestly, it's it's kind of tough to watch their film because it's not the greatest gameplay. You know duel's gameplay or who they're going against. so it's kind of hard to always get a really strong read of who these players are.
1: Big old Yike Rooney.
3: But he finds a way to get to the ball. that and it's shot with like a Nokia phone from the bleachers. so it's not the greatest film. but you know he always finds a way to get to the ball. Uh, you know I question how much he had to read the offensive line when he was at Bookdoel. Um, just because of the gameplay, but like you guys talked about, he's been a really big player for the last couple of years. He has a lot of D one offers as well, and he just has a knack for finding the ball. So I, I think yeah, it's going to be hard you know, to keep him away. You know,
4: like you said, it's going to be a little bit of time for him to get adjusted to our defense. But at the same time, you can't teach that. Um, you can't teach that knack for putting your helmet on the ball. So. Um, I think I mean, he's, he's going to fit game. in. Also, also don't, don't be surprised. You know, I know you guys don't believe me, but I think, I think he's going to end up on the offensive side of the ball at some point. I don't know where. Uh, maybe fullback. Maybe an extra, an extra blocker in some yeah, capacity. Yeah, I, I think he was listed as a fullback
3: last year, um, but I think he got some reps as, as like a running back. They definitely gave him the ball. Um, so you know, you can see him on offense. He's a larger sized. Kid, and I mean honestly, you know, if he has the skills to, you know, catch hold a ball, yeah. like like what they've seen in the past, I think he could kind of fill into like what we used with Zion last year. You could use him to block. You could use him to run some of those short flat routes. So um, he has experience on offense and experience. You know, experience.
1: Okay, you know. Frenchy. That's yeah. all. It's like experience with a little more Sam. Yeah. So
4: moving on to our outside yeah. linebacker yes. position, yeah. I think it's considered a Sam. I'm not sure. Uh,
1: it's like so. So we call it a sam but it's we use it a lot like a nickel back i mean, right so more of a
4: more of a hybrid defensive back
1: yeah, it's it's like a hybrid safety linebacker type deal
4: right which i do like especially with this modern day spread offenses i think it attacks um what most offenses are trying to to come at you with it gives you a lot of uh, athleticism at that position whereas in the past you might have had a guy that was more a little bit slow a little bit a little bit thicker um more of a linebacker but now you got a guy that can he can follow the slot guy you know down the seam and um I think there's a couple guys and I'm I'm not sure who's going to start this position but there's a couple guys from the JV team that have have good potential at this position to, to step in for Preston Hodges who had a great season last year um Preston had moved from the safety to that position and he really did a he did a pretty good job at that spot.
1: If, so um, yeah. if Heck would stop <laughs> laughing, he seems like he knows who's going to start. There.
4: He's
3: just he's just killing it over here. But you know, going back into the same position in general, um, you know, you talked about how you know it's a little bit quicker, has to defend these spread teams, um, you know, compared to back in the day. It might have been more of a run stopping guy, setting the edge kind of guy. You know, Hank uh, Hank and I have this conversation a lot lately, whereas when we played Matt. You yes. know you're gonna know this more than I, because I played more offense defense. But
4: when we played, not that long ago.
1: <laughs> well, it's getting up there, buddy. It's, it's up, about a it's decade, man. You wanna feel that old? Listen,
3: hold on. Yeah, I'm not damn
1: near thirty. So in yeah. my
3: in my book, oh. it's a couple years ago. Yeah. a couple of years ago when we played, we set our defense to the strength based off of the run formation. The
4: formation mm-hmm. trying to defend the run. So the strength being uh, more guys to one side of the field. Via the so tight end the right and the line.
3: Yeah, so it's like we we are trying to defend the stronger part of their offense based off from a running standpoint. Correct. Nowadays, a lot of teams are defending from the passing standpoint. So if you have more receivers on one side, and I, I, don't
4: you know, might, yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't know how much of a difference, difference that really is when you think about the guys on the line versus having a tight end or a slot guy. when, when you're talking about that, how often would there be a strength run one way? Versus past well, strength it's, opposite. It's definitely possible. If it's you have possible. It's if possible. possible. If you have
3: awesome all right. So, for example, when we played, if you had twins left, tight end, receiver, right, we would have went to tight the, the yeah. offensive right, tight, the tight end, end side. Yeah. We would try to stop the tight end from from blocking us on the run. And then you the outside, outside. now. now
4: yeah, you'd roll. Yeah, a lot of to teams do. are gonna
3: flip that and they're gonna go to the twin receiver side and leave that tight end. So how so now you have that inline tight end maybe more as a strength to the run side. But point is yeah, yeah. the role has developed to where the Sam now has to go more into it's all space. It's all space They have to open and they have to defend an open area more, whereas even when we played it probably would have been a little bit more downhill, a little bit more setting the end. To me in high
4: school, you know, and this is just my philosophy I'm still taking away the run. I, I don't disagree with our off, our defense coordinators. They know more than me. But
1: um, now, not to so you can set the strength one way or another. But there is still a million ways to take away the run. Right. Either way. Right. Um, and we're not
3: we're not discrediting that at all. It's just it's just maybe a change maybe between the Sam linebacker may have changed slightly <laughs> since when
4: we played. Today. How that player. What, what that player that is expected, expected to do to on pay. the average play. Yeah. So, so and it, it let's say, you know, we had a set Seth Nallback guy or a Robbie Plants, plants a big guy, a big guy, guy that, set that set the edge, pitch, big, big run guy. In the backfield uh, a lot. You know, you know big, big kid and could really come down and crack you. Whereas now we're getting more of a nickel look.
3: Yeah, because you have to guard that seam route. And I don't know if we ever asked our guys to defend a seam route because, because that just, that's just that's a tough, a tough play hit. that's it's a tough really play. tough so, so now, now you need a kid, kid that can kind of do both or, or if anything they, they need to have the ability to play in space more than, than when, when we played, played it was a play little, play more more downhill, downhill, little bit more downhill a little bit more in the box kind of guy, guy. yeah
1: it's, it's still he's still going to be asked to do some in the box defend the run type stuff absolutely but his primary responsibility Nowadays, it's more to defend the past, defend the RPO, just the way that uh, so, fo- football in general is a very trendy thing, mm-hmm. which is it, it's it's neither good nor bad.
4: Exactly. I was just going to say, it's, it's not a good thing or a bad is, thing. Sometimes, sometimes when the trends going one way, you might want to be on the other end yeah. of that. For example, just to, I'm sorry, I'm go making for this it. longer, but Hoban, you know, it. Hoban was a power when they won three or four state championships in a row, they were a power-first offense, whereas you saw some of these teams trending towards wide-open spread. Think Menor, Think Ignatius. Um, think Ignatius is a spread team now. They are. Yeah. I haven't they, seen them. They are a spread team now. They're not the double-tight set with five cookie-cutter offensive linemen that, that are built for the Big Ten. Um, sorry, I had to say that because heck gave me a crazy look. but. But some of these teams were trending towards the spread, get the ball around, spread the ball out, whereas Hoban went back to the power, which is, I would say, more of a early 2000s or earlier mm-hmm. offense. So mm-hmm. so the trend always doesn't work, but going back to your point.
1: So, I mean, you'll see in on the same spectrum, uh, a lot of the teams in the early, mid-2000s went to four wide, you know four wide receiver one running back kind of sets now you're seeing a lot of 11 20 personnel where you're having a blocking back in three receivers in i think Maslin, what we look what we look like nowadays is kind of indicative of what the modern spread offense looks like yeah but on the opposite end of the spectrum you got these same teams that are so would would you
4: say we're kind of like uh quick question yeah in the nfl would you say we're kind of like the la rams
1: uh no. Mm. The That's, that's the, first the first thing that jumped,
4: jumped out, out to me. Maybe San
1: Francisco? Um no, San Fran stays in a 21 personnel. I'd say we're more just in general on the trend side. Okay. So um, more more yeah. more towards the open up. I, I the college and high school level is so much different than the NFL. The NFL almost takes a
4: little bit longer. Yeah. To, but, to adjust.
1: But what we look like is what your average high school and NFL offense, at least personnel, basic alignment, what we look like.
4: So back to the defense.
1: And just real quick, my other point is you can stay in those old school, heavy personnel wing T sets, but, you know, all it's going to get you is the other team up 21 points before you even have a first down. I've seen colleges use the wing i
4: I've, I've seen colleges use the wing T and be successful. But, but I agree. It's – People think the wing tee is one thing, and they put it in a box, and I think it's, yeah. it's more than what people give it credit
1: for. No, it has its place. I'm just saying yeah. we just destroyed Perry last year. Well, I mean. yeah,
4: well, you know, hey, at least, at least Keith wore his shorts. You know, it was like 30 degrees that nice. Yeah. But, all right, so have we
3: actually mentioned who might play Sam for us? No, we haven't. We were talking about yeah, the absolutely. position. and
1: uh, The hybrids and all that stuff. Just what we've talked about before with the jack back. Obi-Backer, I'm sorry, with the Zion, that kind of oh, role. Zion. All that. Yeah. The it hybrid the, player. It
3: was the offensive <laughs> comparison. Yeah. But, yeah, the, so, like, the OB, Hank likes to call it a Jack with Ward. That's
1: the general name. So, for now, the opposite the side
3: of that would be the Sam, and who do we think we could play Sam? You know, one, two different people. Heck, it's your time to shine. I would,
5: I would think, think Jaden Wise. Okay. Possibly. Who would, probably wouldn't. Be known by a lot of people because he didn't really play last year. and I don't think he played at all last year. Um, he's listed as like what 6'1", 200 pounds. It's not
3: a bad sized kid.
5: Uh, you know. Um. I think he could be an option there, or Cam Beasley as an mm-hmm. option there. It's you know, not Gonna 6'2", be six two. I believe he'll know, be D one five. So one of those two, I think, will be the starting Sam linebacker. Both athletic guys that can both. Defend, pass, and run. So I think we'll be fine there. As in, we have a guy that's you know bigger than what Preston Hodgers was, mm-hmm. more you know faster than what he was, but also
4: although Preston was pretty good coverage. You know, Preston was
5: you know he was a good player. He was obviously he was a great player. He was just slightly undersized for what you know what probably what most you know high schools would have wanted. So. We should be fine.
1: Yeah. Um, is there anybody else that we think could, like, slide in anywhere, kind of sneak in as a spot, sub in a lot? Rob?
3: I mean, yeah, we definitely have, like, other kids that have experience. Um, you know, you know. You know you talked about Andrews having experience. Another kid that rotated right there with him last year was Nick Liebler. Um, he's, he's listed at 5'11", 200, a little bit bigger than Andrews. Um, I know he played some as a sophomore and then, you know, played some as a junior last year as well, kind of rotated in. Um, you know, the linebacker position, like we said from the beginning, we, we really don't know, you know, who's going to play where because we don't have just that one returning starter um, across the board. We, we have a bunch of guys that we know can play the position. It's just going to who's going to play where and who's going to end up starting. Um, so I mean, I think between all of them, we listed off like five different guys that can play linebacker, and we're probably missing some too because, you know, when you don't have returning starters, it's hard to project who's going to play where. It's but, rough. uh, You know, Jamieson Porter, Xavier Andrews, Beasley, Port. how oh, you're right. Sorry, I'm sorry. When when the board fell, it erased the half. The last half of Portis's name off Jim's head. Yes, we don't need to explain. I move along. So Portis instead of Porter. Um, but Lieber, Beasley, uh, Andrews. So we got like five different guys. Um, that's a linebacker. That's kind of rounding up who's in the box for our defense. Um, secondary, I think, is something that could really be a strong point for our team, even if we don't have just solidified day one starters. So. Kind of. Um, I think
1: let's touch on the corners first. Okay, let's go corners. And then we'll move to the safeties, a position I think in this defense makes the defense go.
3: Okay. Uh, So, I mean, corners, just to start with, uh, we touched on it earlier, Andrew Wilson Lamp. He's, he's definitely going to play some corner. A lot of people think he projects better as a corner than a receiver. He's 6'2", 180. He played a little bit last year, but... Um, You know, the fact that he's a four-star receiver and and people think he's going to be better as a corner than a receiver, I think that tells you everything you need to know. The only outlier is that he plays a lot of receiver. So how they divvy that up, how much he plays on one side versus the other, and, you know, against which teams he plays more one way or the other, that's something to look for, but he definitely has the talent for it. On the other side, I think... You know, without even seeing him in a masculine uniform, Martavian Johnson—he's been ranked high. He's a three-star athlete, not a three-star receiver, not a three-star corner. I think he's a three-star athlete. So he plays both ways. I know he's been—he was a corner at Bucknell. He had four interceptions against McKinley last year. I know he's really physical. I think during absolute crunch time, we need, you know, state championship game. We need best on best. I think Martavian Johnson might be our other side corner. He's going to have to go both ways, Um, you know, one way or another, how we divvy it up on offense. But I think he is just going to be one of our starting corners if we absolutely need him to based off of talent and potential he's a three-star athlete four-star athlete with lamp three-star athlete with artavian johnson those are i project our crunch time number one corners but we have two guys behind them as well who both have college offers so who are those guys
1: yeah um i think i could take this one from here uh we have uh, Williams, 5'10", 170 senior, number one, correct? Is that how I'm, I'm reading the board right? So that, that's
3: Darian Williams. Williams. Both, both of the guys you're going to say. Okay. Right. But Darian Williams, 5'10", 170 senior, yes. Yeah.
1: So we have uh, Darian Williams um, and then TJ Williams, 5'9", 150 senior. I think last year, you know, a lot of guys were questioning the size of our cornerbacks. I don't think it's really been uh, that big of a deal in high school. Not, not a not lot of high school, school teams, teams have guys that can take advantage can of maybe a size, size mismatch. Much, much less guys, guys that, that are much, much less teams, teams that are going to take that are going, going to take advantage if they have, have that mismatch, mismatch there. there. You know, you know it, um, these are guys, know, guys that are still that are still gonna get in a lot of reps. reps you know, get, get be able to come in for twenty one or eleven. Um, take, take over, over when, when they need, need to, to and but, but also, also I think not, not you know not have that big an issue with coming with out when they know that you know Lamp, Lamp or, or Johnson, Johnson or anybody, anybody like, like, hey, these guys are the better matchup, up. Go, go for it. Yeah, it. yeah,
3: yeah I mean both of those guys, guys, guys got experience last year, last year playing at corner and um, um I think you'd have no issue running them both out there. starting at starting years or corners. They both have college offers um, from D2, D3 schools. So if you needed to have Lamp or Martavian you know, on offense or you know, they're tired, give them a blow or they're only running offense, um, I think you have no issue running both of those guys out there. 5'10", um, 175, 9'150", not the biggest guys in the world, but in high school that's really not that big of an issue. I mean, honestly, even at college it's not that big of an issue. As long as you're not fighting against a six, five tight end that they lined up outside. It's really not, not that issue at the high school level. So I think you can line them up with no problem whatsoever. You know, like I said, they both have college offers going into their senior season. So it's not like we're really downgrading at all, um, from that aspect. Um, so i think we can go three four you know five guys deep at the corner position when we need to without a problem i think the safety position is going to be one that is a little bit more up for grabs as we don't know who's going to start because there's a couple different guys we lost both of our starters from last year so we don't have a guy returning so once again we're trying to reject a position uh you know which is not the easiest thing for us but we know a few of the players. And, uh, you know, let's see what we can come up with. You know, you got a free safety, you got a strong safety. Like you said, you know, the safeties really make a huge difference in our offense and from how we – our defense. And how we play it, there's not a huge difference between the free safety and strong safety like in maybe some other teams.
1: Yeah. Um, our uh, Defensively, our strong safety, weak safety. Field, boundary, however we want to play them, um, I – they are extremely, extremely important, important pieces and you know they, they have, have to be able to play, play number two, two vertical but, but they, also they also have to be able to come up and play the run, run make, make the, the sam same or the jack, jack right and they it, it, it's, it's a, a weird spot, spot to be in, in. They, they have, have to play, play the run and the pass deep, deep at, the at the same time, time. and you know, you know playing, playing 10 12 yards, yards deep it gives them a little bit of an advantage but you know, you know play, play action, action, some of the, the misdirection stuff that offenses, offenses can do, it'll make, make you susceptible to uh, one thing or the thing other. And I, I think, think in our defense, it's a position that you have to be a baller at. You know, I. you look at last year, you look at the year before that, this is where our big-name players were. These are guys that end up... It... <sighs> Whether you want to call it fair or not, everybody else does their job. Safety's come in and clean up, maybe end up with their number in the stat sheet. But it's a very important position for them to play, and you have to have a lot of skill there. You have to be extremely physical, but you have to be able to play in space as well. Um, and like Rob said, like we talked about you know, the old school cover three where you have one guy rolling down, playing in the box, and one guy playing back center field. Both guys have to do that. You know, we have a strong row. we have a weak row. cover three. Um, they, they have a lot of responsibility in our defense, depending on the play. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some special players to be able to play that position. So, who do we project there?
3: Well, if I can just start off with this, I, I think the most important thing about our safeties And, you know, this goes back to, you know, before when we played even. You know, if you go back and look at the list of who played safety for us every single year for the last 10 years minimum, um, there's been one constant. They've been pretty good, and they've been coached by Coach Hack. Yes. And I think that is the most important thing to our safety group is that they're coached by coach hack, and they're going to get the job done. You can run anybody out there. They're going to get the job done. It's just a matter of who you have out there. Um, so I think, you know, this year, I know Heck knows it better than I do because there's three, four, five different guys we've all talked about that could be our starters at safety. But if you had to take your best guess right now, Andrew Heck, who do you think might start Week One at safety for us?
5: I mean, my best guess as of right now would be—I mean, Isaiah Clark is probably a shoe in Okay. You know, he's going to be like number three on your roster. He's about six foot one ninety. You know. Good size. Good size. Mm-hmm. He's obviously the younger brother of Dean Clark. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, he was a great player for us a couple of years ago. So. I think we kind of know a little bit of what we're going to get from him. He played some decent minutes in mop-up mom duty last year for us, you know. So he's going to be, a, I mean, I think he's going to be a solid player for us. I, You know, maybe, I don't know how much of he's going to jump off the screen at you, you know, type of player. But he's, I think he's at very least going to be a a solid player he's going to be where he needs to be he's going to make the tackle he needs to make so i think that's all and his position is going to be solid the other guy is kind of a toss-up up Up in the air up in the air maybe from you know our you know the fan point of view Mm -hmm. i think it's going to be Brawley. okay I think Austin Brawley is going to be that type of guy that's going to be... I don't, I'm not going to say he's going to be Bo runner because, you know, there's not many Bo runners around. No, Bogrunder's a... Bo Grunder a legend around Maslin. But Austin Brawley has some characteristics of a Bo runner that you would look for. You know, he's a little bit undersized maybe. You know, he's not going to be probably a... Coveted D1 recruit even though he can fly like the wind but You know he he's gonna he's that guy He doesn't care what he's got to do. He's gonna. He's gonna make the tackle. He's gonna make the catch. You know, he's He's gonna put his body on the line No matter what he's got to do for the team for the city for those massive fans to win the game for the you know for the tigers, he's he's not gonna care if he gets hurt. He
1: he's a guy. He's, you know, that's, he's gonna
5: he's yeah. gonna he's gonna get hurt. Put some put a bandaid on it and go back, back out there. He doesn't care. He's he's a, a mass. He's a tiger. He's a tiger through and through. Yeah. He's a mass. He's a massive guy. He's he's every one. He's every one of us in the stands that would put their life and limb on the line for the Tigers.
1: He's a guy yeah, that's going to hand out concussions, up concussions like it's his job. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe take two? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we're not, not going to talk, talk about, about it, it. But, but he, he's going to go out there, ball out. Ball out. Uh, a I'm kid with great, great football instincts, I think that's extremely um, important in um, that position. You know, Somebody that can sniff out, you know, is this play action, is this run, pass, all that. It's a guy that He's a football football player, player. Mm -hmm. you know? When you talk about, like, the The prototypical prototypical football player, player, I think think that's one that's that's a guy that that just immediately comes to mind.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, great great athlete. athlete, You know, the instincts, I can't say any more than you guys have already said and what I said earlier when we talked about him on offense. But, you know, I think the Bo runner comparison, you know, it's a good one from the aspect of him being an athlete, a little bit undersized. You know, Bo Grunder was co defensive player of the year in the state of Ohio his senior year. You know, so that's something that, you know, you can't just let you know go a lot of people won't remember that.
1: Can't gloss over.
3: You can't gloss over it. He was defensive player of the year in Ohio, his senior year. Um, a lot of interceptions, a lot of tackles, and that's what you ask from your safeties. They gotta come down, they gotta be able to make tackles. At the same time they gotta be able to cover over the top. And the instinct is what really helps you do that. Um, you know, you know we have Coach Hack coaching them, which you know all the faith in the world that you could throw anybody out there and they're going to do just fine. But you know the fact that we have the athletes that we do, I think is really going to help that. Um, you know, besides these two guys, is, is there anybody else that we can rotate in? Um, I know like Freddie Lennox Jr. is somebody we mentioned earlier, just because he was you know on the Beachwood track team, but. Um, you know he's somebody that he's a little bit young now but I think could be a big player in the future but you know could you see him coming in and you know being a back of it all this year
5: you know you know Freddie Lennox and a guy you know like Tanner Pierce could possibly be guys that you know could rotate in a safety um, Freddie Lennox you know we know is a guy that has speed based mm-hmm. on his track times but he's a new guy that you can't you know, necessarily expect to just walk in and know every aspect of the defense, so he's going to have to be coached up by Kochak, which, you know, we all love Kochak, so he's going to coach everybody up in the way that he does. Um, Tanner Pierce is a guy that he's got athletic ability, you know, a lot of people are high on him and his ability, so I think we have depth in that safety position, so I wouldn't be necessarily worried about it because, you know, if maybe one of the top two guys that we would have projected aren't, you know, maybe fulfilling their duties in the way that the starters are expected, I think we have a guy that could step in at that spot and fulfill that job. So it's not, it's not a position of need. It's not a position of like, wow, we really, you know, we need some guys to step up in this position. We have
0: guys. Mm-hmm. And we have a great coach in that position
5: that's going to get these guys right. Like, he's, you know, Coach Hack. Mm-hmm. He's not going to settle for anything less than perfection.
1: And not to take away from any other position group, because I know we have a tremendous staff just all around. And I think it's just that like we know Coach Hack is a mainstay, and he's just somebody that sticks out to us in particular, just from personal experience. Right, Rob?
3: Yeah, I mean, from personal experience – uh, there's not a whole lot of coaches that are on the team right now that we had when we coached. I mean, Coach Hack is one. Coach Weber is one. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that. I mean, Coach Kale. He
1: was. He was not. He was not a varsity
3: coach when we were there, though. So I didn't have experience with him. But I mean, Hack. I was a defensive back, so I had to deal with Hack on a daily basis. So I knew exactly what he demanded and what you know what he gets out of his players um i mean coach weber is still on the staff from when we played but i mean you know from there i think we upgraded yeah. to a lot of you know better co- yeah. high masslin coaches. we've got a lot of masslin coaches on the staff that hasn't changed from last year but we have a lot of masslin coaches on the staff we talked about it last year a lot um the last couple of years um we have a lot of good coaches on the staff just coach hack just happens to be one of those mainstays that he's just been here for a really long time coach weber too but i just never had to deal with him personally as a coach like i did coach hack um so you know coach hack has been the safety coach for quite a long time now and you know that's a position that you have been pretty satisfied with for a pretty long time now um, you know, we talked about the different guys that could play safety. Tanner Pierce, he's a, he's a player that, you know, he looks like a really good athlete. He looks like somebody that you could put on, on the field and he could play. We just haven't really seen it. We've seen some of his workout videos from the off season, and he looks like a really good player. Um, but we just haven't seen it on a football field yet. Uh, Freddie Lennox Jr., he came in from Beachwood. He's young. I think he's only a sophomore, right? Um, he's somebody to look for as a really big-time player in the next couple of years. His dad, Freddie Lennox, uh, played at Glenville. He was like the Northeast Ohio or Great Lakes Player of the Year or something back when he played. Uh, he was an Ohio State commit in '06. ended up going to Cincinnati. Um, but he has really good bloodlines there and he just looks the part he's extremely fast as a freshman he was winning track uh tournaments track competitions against all these other schools in the track track uh, from beachwood now he's here you've seen some of his, wor- his workout videos he looks like a really good athlete he's big uh he's got the speed obviously so uh, he played as a freshman at beachwood so you can see some of his highlights he- he's a good player but you know maybe just a little young uh, for our team this year, but definitely somebody you could see on special teams. Definitely somebody you could see rotate in at safety if you need to. Um, but the one thing that we're not lacking at all is depth and athletes.
1: Yeah, we have we have a lot of talent. We have depth at positions, um, and another thing we don't lack is creativity on on the coaching side. I think you know we're still going to come out in that base kind of press quarters three4 look that we've been coming out in the last four years. I think, I think in uh, was it was 2017, 2017 that we saw a lot of sub package type, type stuff and I think, I think that, that shows in general, in general that we can that our coaches can adapt can adapt to so the talent that the, that we have on defense. defense. You know, so if we have guys step up that, you know, maybe need to see the field more, that don't necessarily fit the mold of guys we have, we'll find a way to work them in. Uh, if we do have guys that step up that we can work in here, there, everywhere, uh, we will find a way to work these guys in. And, again, this is just what we project. You know, everybody's just been working kind of. It's our offense against our defense. Uh In a way, you know, you see guys that like maybe look good in practice because they kind of know the offensive tendencies. And on the flip side, you see guys on defense or you see guys that look good because they know the defensive tendencies and how that all works. You got to wait until it's live fire type stuff and until we can see how guys play against other dudes that maybe not necessarily know all of our stuff.
5: Yeah, it's like it's it's a weird situation where there's there hasn't been any scrimmages, there hasn't been any seven on sevens. Like you don't really know what guys look like against other people. You know, it's a big it's a big difference between, you know, looking good in practice against your own teammates versus looking good against a different team that has actually good athletes on it. So it's gonna be it's, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird for everybody from the team, from the coaches, for fans, going, in, and especially if we don't even get a scrimmage in, which I'm not necessarily hopeful because it does seem like anybody wants yeah. to scrimmage us right now. So they if, don't even, want we, the wreck. We could very well be going into you know, St. Ed's with not having one live rip against an opposing team, which is not an ideal situation at all. So, I mean, it could be I mean good in a, maybe a sense that they have no idea what the, what we're gonna do, but also it's like we have no idea what, how our guys are gonna react in a situation where not only are they going against somebody else, but they're it's it's seen they're mm-hmm. you know they're the tops, of the tops they I don't care what their people, you know what their fans say of like, oh we we're young, we don't we have ex- an experience a quarterback. It's Saint Eds. They have one hundred and thirty guys on their sophomore through senior list. Like, come on now, it's one of the top programs, not not only in Ohio, but in the entire Midwest of the United States. So it's gonna take the top effort from our team in order to beat them. I don't, I don't care what our fans say about oh, this is the best master team, and then in the last twenty years, come on now, like it's gonna take an absolute great effort from our team to beat St. Ed's. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it is. But But at the same same time, they're in the same same predicament we are. You know, They Um, haven't seen a live fire rep. They've just been practicing practicing against their other, uh, their 130 kids that they've recruited in the area.
5: Yes, but they have 130 kids that they've recruited in in the area. And we have about, you know, what, 90? So it's like, you know, even though we have, you know, we know that we have a good team. That's yeah. not some sort of secret. But that's saying it. that's division 1. They have 130 kids that they recruited from a larger metropolitan area than what we have to recruit from. You know like, what? I'm though? not saying we recruit, but we don't recruit.
1: But I, So, they you know they
5: don't have they're they're not at all at a disadvantage to us. No, Let's not trying to paint that No, picture.
1: no, no. I'm not trying to say that they're a lesser opponent that they're they don't have as much talent as we do, nothing like that. St. Ed's is St. Ed's. I respect what they do, but they can take those 40 extra players and they can shove it up their ass.
3: I mean, right now, they're not even allowed to bring them, according to what you say. So, so
1: we'll see what they have. We'll, we ha- we got to let this whole COVID thing play out. But frankly, at the end of the day, I, I don't know, man. I just like what we bring to the table more than they do. They can recruit all they want. They can bring in the talent. They can do this, that, and the other. They can have their 130 players. They can look good in their gold and whatever the hell color they wear. And they can all shove that all up their ass because at the end of the day, Masson's going to come in and we are going to bend them over the table. I would, I, okay.
5: I know that for firsthand, I was standing on the sideline two years ago up at Lakewood we when we scrimmaged them. And I'm I'm not not going to say that we totally outclassed them, but we kind of did. We totally outclassed them. We kind of did, but you know Trayvon Morgan, man among boys, that night, they had they had no answer for some of our. Trayvon Morgan
1: had nothing to do with the fact that our line is bullying their line.
5: Yes, we we were. I mean, there's been times over that we've been scrimmaging them for a number of years. There's been times when they got the better hand. You know, they got the better of us, and there's been times, a couple of times, where we've got the better of them. 2018 was definitely a time that we got the better of them, and I don't really know anybody that could have impartially said that we did not, and I was standing right there to witness it. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to go out there and say that we cannot beat them, because like, obviously we have the we have the talent, we have the coaching, we have the ability. We can go beat San Ed's next, you know, next Friday night. Absolutely No doubt in my mind But it's not going to be some cakewalk By any stretch of the imagination no, no. We're going to need to be on our On our absolute best We cannot have you know silly mistakes We cannot have costly turnovers It's kind of like going to be like Somewhat this You know the championship game from The last, year, the last couple of years where We can't go out there And have turnovers in our own territory And just give them free points
1: no, I think... God, you touch on it, man. It hurts to talk about, I think, last year against LaSalle. That was a game that we just... We picked a bad game to have a bad game. We shit the bed. Gotta move on. Um, in general, I think if we have the talent, we have the coaching to square up against St. Ed's, to punch them right in the jaw... And, and I think, I think we, we can beat them. Beat them. And I, 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 don't I don't know, know what else, else to say. I, 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 like, I like the matchup, matchup without really looking at the, looking at the film, film, without just, just kind of knowing them as a program. program. I, like I like us, us matchup, matchup against, against them. them. Rob, Rob talk.
3: May I talk? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, since, since, since we, we are going to have an entire episode going into the St. Ed's game, Yep. I figured that it doesn't need to be all let out right now tonight. Um, we talked on the offense. We talked on the defense. One thing that kind of gets overlooked most of the time is going to be the special teams. The kickers. The kickers. The kickers. Good job, kicker. Um, it really. There's not more gonna, to it than that. It's not know. gonna not gonna take a whole lot for us to you know brush over them, but I think it's worth noting, especially this year. Um, you know, we have a kicker and punter that are both returning. Again, they I think they, they both started as sophomores and they both started as juniors. They're going to both start as seniors. Um, so you got Magnus Haynes as our punter and our kickoff guy. Stud. Um, stud. You know, just absolute great punter. You know, great kickoff guy. Just um, a big old leg on that kid. You know, really strong leg. You know, by God, I can't remember what the name of that famous kick and camp he just went to. Um, does it matter? It does, because it's like the number one kicking camp in the country okay yeah so jim that, look, look see jim if you would have had your whole board set up you could look this up on the tv for us real quick but all right just pull it up on your phone let, just chime in whenever you get it um so he went and he won this
1: big camp. he won
3: the kicking camp um and it's like the number one kicking camp in the country and he won fa- is it like fav what is it
4: Corn blue
3: kicking? No, that's, that's not...
1: absolutely that's, not correct. That's, that's not... Corn blue. Swing no. and a miss.
4: That's...
3: The, yeah, but that's not the name of it, though. Go back to... Um, you know, you're looking at the wrong one. Look at his, look at his newer one. Because he went to two camps. That was the one where he got ranked as a five-star or four-star punter at the corn... Blue, kick yeah, yeah. corn blue, corn blue. Our All right, now look at his other, other one. It was the, it's, it's the number one kicking camp in the country. Number, number one specialist. Not it's not just kicking. kicking. Kicking, punting, and snapping, I think. Um, but, um, but he, he won, won the punting, punting competition at, like, the best kicking competition, competition in the country. Uh, you know, he's got a few college offers, but, you know, I would expect them to really start coming in. After you win the biggest punting competition in the country, the most respectable competition in the country, um, I would think he's going to get a lot more big time offers soon. He's he's a, he's a big time punter. He's got experience. He's been punting since his freshman year. And I think uh, really strong about leg. he
1: won us the Hoban game.
3: Yeah, yeah, if you go back, I mean, the Hoban game in the second half, nobody scored.
1: It would it came down to
3: our punter against their punter out punted their punter by a couple yards each time. And we slowly backed Hoban up into their own territory, and it was just an amazing performance. You know, you could, you know, obviously our defense had to do their part in stopping Hoban, but when it came down to it, you know, our punter beat their punter, and that's what that's what won the game.
1: And that's why it's an entirely team-driven game. It's yeah, not, not just, just like, like one, one or two guys. You, you can't know. find it over
3: there. And All right. Well, you can't be our board guy anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to be able to figure this out. It's the number one kicking competition in the country. Look that up.
5: I'm on his page, man.
3: All right. We'll get off his page and look up the number one kicking competition in the country. Um, it's like Fabs. Oh, maybe that's a different thing. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It Yeah, he won it. Lord He won the competition. So. It's
4: like the Fabs. it's corn blue. That's two different
3: things. All right. Maybe I'm this also is your job. No. Maybe I'm also misnaming that but
5: basically the bottom line he's, is he's a really good punter. Magnus punter is one of the top Magnus two worth punter. three <laughs> punters in the country. He's,
3: he's really good. And uh, you know, I don't think the college offers represent how good he is, but you know, it it's a really good punter when it comes down to he's also a really good kicker, but we have another guy that does dedicated field goal kicking um alex bauer same age he's been kicking for us for a couple of years um so we have another guy coming back as our kicker he's been getting better each year he's he's really reliable um so the guy that we had last year coming back for senior year whether you you know pick up on the names of the kickers and punters or not we have the same guy coming back which is which is really big for us um i know the the at least the short snapper is salvino i don't know if he does long i don't think he does long snapping does um so we have the same short snapper coming back so you know our field goal unit should be the exact same people coming back from last year so everything should be running you know smoothly there um i'm not entirely sure who our long snapper is
5: i thought it was salvino is
3: it does he do both it was I mean, that salvino would
5: make, you know, or it was ward
3: Okay, okay. So, so either way, we they should be coming back. So everything should be running smoothly on our, our special teams front. Everybody should be doing just the same as last, all the same people from last year, but they just have another year of experience. And, you know, it's already won us one really big game, and, you know, who knows, it might win us another one this year. So special teams is a really big part of the game, and uh, a lot of people overlook it. They just look at it as you know assumed points you're just expected to make extra points you're expected to make your short field goals nobody really cares about punts because they don't realize how big of a deal it is until they see a really big one and they ooh, ah, ah good punt um but you know magnus is going to do that every time and you know he's going to pin them you know deep he's going to put them down the sideline i wouldn't expect a lot of returns from the special teams so
1: kind of so, wrapping, yeah. wrapping up in general. In general um, <laughs> Offense is going to put, put up 70. Up 70. <laughs> Defense, Defense is going to let up negative 20 players. yards. Special just teams just not going to see the field. field. <laughs> and even when they have to, <laughs> yeah, they're just going to be putting up out of this world numbers. Right? Oh, I mean, that's yeah, what we're that's hoping what, for, right? Yeah, that's, that's what, what I, I picked I pick up from this, this, this whole conversation.
3: conversation. I mean, absolutely. We, we don't expect to see the punter once. Um, field kicker is never going to happen because we're going to score touchdowns every single time.
1: Nope, just only PATs. Um,
3: just PATs the whole time, yeah. So, uh, I mean, no. But, obviously, we've we've gone over the offense. We've gone over the defense and the special teams. You kind of know all the players. And, uh, you know, we have a really – on paper, we have a really good team. It's just, is everybody going to be able to put it together? You know, what's, what's the, the learning curve going to be like? I, you know these kids work hard all off season, but without the 7-on-7s, seven without the scrimmages, you know, how long is it going to take for us to really put it together? We have, we have a tough, tough schedule, and we'll dive into that on the next uh, podcast. We'll and, uh, split
1: it between St. Ed's Preview and the rest of the schedule. Just all right, this yes. I
3: mean, either way, it's, it's not going to be on this one. But, you know, we'll dive into the schedule. It's a tough schedule. Uh, in general so we're, we're really gonna have to you know bring our a game during the season i know everybody makes the playoffs but the seating is going to make a big difference so you know i think we're in a good spot to make a, a really big run but it's so early and we have so many untested pieces right now that we can't even you know see what they look like on seven and sevens it's it's gonna be tough I, you know i hope they do like at least an inner squad on friday you think they do that
5: I mean, I Maybe, would hope like so. Like, at I've least some, see, a, something. I've seen a couple schools.
3: I know. Some I've schools seen have Jackson. Done,
5: I've seen Zanesville, like, that I've seen on YouTube. Yeah. That have done inner squad scrimmages with fans. Mm
3: hmm. That was before any announcements about uh, yes, fans and scrimmages. Exactly. I was, so. like,
5: I was kind of shocked to see it.
3: Well, up until he made the announcement. Yesterday there was no rule about fans.
5: Right I mean there so was
3: no like, rule because no there weren't, rules, weren't so, games yet. So, okay, so what do you do? um there weren't any rules about fans. You're allowed to have fans cuz there's nobody saying you can't. But now they're actually having rules in place about limiting fans. And uh, we'll have to see what the official announcement is from the OHSA and Massillon City, and you know Wonder how they do how they do all of that. But if we, we
1: can or not, if tailgating is even a thing, it better. Which be. we will. Oh boy, we will make it a thing. I'm if
3: it's not, I'm counting on that being my seat. That, yeah. <laughs> um, that that's my full hobby. Yeah, but I mean, we went we went over the entire roster, and if you sound excited right now, you know you should be because on paper we we have a really good team. So, you know, we just got to see it all put together, and hopefully we will. Hopefully we'll have at least an inter-squad scrimmage on Friday, if not an actual scrimmage. And, you know, if not, you know, we'll see you again next week when we preview St. Ed's.
1: Yeah, and until then, go go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.
3: Go Tigers.
0: Will flow and blood will spill And if the boys wanna fight, you better let them you box in the corner, blackin' out my favorite song. Tonight to get warmer, it won't be long Won't be long till summer comes Now that the boys are here again